Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today, I got the one and only Ben Baller. One of our most popular interviews of all time. I think it's got about three million views. <laughs> and now we are here doing part two. And I feel like that's probably your most viewed interview on YouTube as well. I can't confirm, but probably. Um, I, It's got to be. It's, if it's not, there. then it's number two. For sure, number, it's, I think it's number one. Right. There's been some big ones. That means that uh, this is historic even before it begins. Yeah, for sure. We were just talking about Dr. Dre, and you were talking about this fucking 2000, what was it, after the VMAs or some, Grammy, some party that you were at? It was the Grammys. Post-Grammy party. There was a, a huge management company back in the day. <laughs> uh-huh. They don't have things like that anymore for music. And that was a big ding, thing back in the day. You had a big manager, uh-huh. and the management group was called The Firm. Right. The Firm represented Limp Bizkit. They represented Backstreet Boys, uh, Marlon Lord. They, were just, they represented a lot of big people. Mm-hmm. They didn't represent Dre, but big people so there was a Grammy party it was the hottest promoter in town who had all the a-list celebrities not hip-hop shit and then the firm uh-huh. so it's at eddie murphy's house in bel-air right across the street from ucla on sunset it was legendary right enormous mansion and at around three in the morning three four in the morning dr dre's like yo what the fuck is up with this dj bro and i'm a dj you know i'm one of the biggest djs in if not the biggest in hollywood so he's like you know this dude I'm like, ask my boy Dave Orlando. Yeah, what was up? He goes, bro, can we like take over? And I'm like, Dre, it's four in the fucking morning. You know what I mean? He's like, I don't give a fuck. And I was like, all right, cool. So we go to the turntables. People are kind of scattered around the whole house, huge house. And I'm like, hey, Dave, man, um, can we like change the music? What's up? And he's just like, he's a younger DJ, kind of like rich dad, uh, privileged life. Uh-huh. Kind of jumped into DJing because it was cool. No offense, whatever. I, I would fuck him. All, you know, if he had smoke with it about it now, I would talk about it. But I'm like, hey, bro, like, you know, like, I know you've been DJing for fucking six hours. You're tired, boom. But, like, this is my boy, Dr. Dre. Uh-huh. And he gets up and he sees Dr. Dre. Now you're thinking, remember, this is the biggest dude ever, you know. I mean, he's huge now, but I'm saying he was Even in current, you know, like. the man. Yeah. yeah. So he sees him and he goes, just gives him the headphones, knights right? Him. Knights him. So. We start messing around. He's like, yo, go find some records, you know. Start looking for records, whatever, boom. Starts playing. There's no microphone. What are you doing? There's no microphone at a party. Just not rap, I You're guess. fucking not a fucking hip-hop dude. I should what, punch what you in the doing? mouth There's right now. No, oh, you said beatboxing? You take the headphones out, plug the headphone jack into the microphone jack, and you had to use the headphone. That's old school to spit in the mic. I've never heard this. You didn't know that? Okay, that's no. an OG thing. So... He goes, yo, 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 everyone, what's going on, man? This is the good doctor. This is Dr. Dre. I took, uh, took over the turntables. Yeah, yeah, me and Ben Yang, uh, we over here doing our thing, blah, blah, whatever. 
Next thing you know, everyone starts walking this way. Right. Eminem pulls up. You know, we've all been there in the house all night. One dude from the Backstreet Boys, Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit, dude from um, from uh, Kid Rock. Uh-huh. And it was just a legendary night. And I remember a buddy of mine took a disposable camera picture of me. Right. Dude lost the camera, or whatever, and it just you know we didn't have no fucking camera phones and shit like that. This is you know 21 years ago. So I tell the story because it was such a. There's a lot more to it. I just want to keep it short, but like it was a dope story. Right. Last night I'm on Clubhouse, and I'm in this Asian group. And there's a dude who works for Snoop. And he's like, hey, bro, I got this picture of you from fucking this crazy-ass party in Beverly Hills from 20-something years ago. And that, I was like, shut the fuck up. Right. Send me that picture right now. And sure enough, he doesn't have a picture of me behind the turntables with him doing stuff. But like Eminem freestyle. It was just one of the most legendary nights of my life. Right. It's crazy. So today's Dre's birthday. And my mom is, has the same birthday as Dr. Dre. Uh-huh. So during that era, like 95 to 2000, he always had a crazy ass party. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. That night was always a crazy party. Right. So like I'd have to rush in with my mom, and she'd be like, "What the fuck? Fuck this dude. He ain't even a real doctor." Mm. And I'm like, "Shit, what are you talking about? Like, you know, because he always had a lit party. So it was a weird thing that uh, he's born on the same day as my mom. So you know, we kind of battled for uh, who's gonna get that the evening." Right. Dre, how often do you speak to him still? I haven't talked to Dre in, since right, right when he had the aneurysm, and then uh, before that, it might have been a year and a half, dude. Right. He, it feels like he's in the middle of just nonstop media, just attacks. It's like every day, every couple of day, there's just a different fucking story that they try to like trot out in the media. And it's like, is this related to the divorce? Is this what they do? Like when you're in a divorce, they decide that we're just going to blanket you in bad press while you're going through these proceedings. Uh, look, dude. One thing I do know... It's a coordinated media campaign. It's got to be. There's when, no way. When, when you spend that much time with somebody uh-huh. and you know about their private life, right. I'm not going to get into anything, but, but what I can deny, you know what I'm saying, I can say certain things. I've traveled with this man. We've been on tours, you know what I'm saying? I've been in a studio. I've been into, you name it, a hotel room party, something, whatever. Never once have I ever... Not to say he hasn't hit a girl. I'm just saying. Right. There's been times where he could have and done stupid shit. Mm. That's just not him. Right. That ain't him. Fucking chicks, blah, blah, whatever. During his marriage, I don't know. I'm saying like, you know, okay, cool. You know, he was a rowdy dude here and there. But I've never seen him ever even angry. I mean, I've seen him upset, blah, blah, whatever. Man, that's fucked up. That's whack. I didn't see him ever like strike a girl. All these woman beater things are coming out recently, boom. And like, even a girl I know, um, Monique Slaughter, she's a, is it Lil Fizz's uh, baby mom or ex-wife or something? Right. She said some shit and then supposedly she said that, his goons sent her a message said, you're gonna get we're gonna get you blah blah we know where your kid lives right all this shit I, I don't fucking know i remember you know i went to i went to the wedding when he married nicole uh-huh and uh i remember one time fuck it I, i'll tell this is a story dre would like to play jokes on nicole when they were dating they're very serious whatever and uh nicole was she had a baby with sadell three at the time sadell three was a pretty big well not big but he was an nba star okay you know lower level nba star i played for the lakers too she had a kid with, them, with, with him. So Dre would like to fuck with her. So we're at this place called Cha Cha Chows on Ventura Boulevard in Encino. Mm. And we're eating. And he decided to like play a joke on her. He would do shit like this all the time. So we're chilling. We're having a little aftermath dinner meeting. And uh, he sits down. And these two girls walk in. I've never seen them before in my entire life. And they're pretty good looking girls. You know, <laughs> They're dressed in office gear. Kind of like almost... Milf porn star level, you know, like pencil skirt, tight shirt, a little bit of open, big tits. You're painting the picture. Sounds yeah. hot. 
and the girl sits on Dre's lap. And she's like, hey, Andre, how are you? And he's kind of just like, oh, it's cool. His wife, you know, his, Nicole's sitting right here and she's sitting on his lap. She goes, so what else do I need to do for you today? You know, just, you know, let me know. And he's like, she's rubbing his head and everything. And Nicole says, fuck this shit. She's so fucking pissed off. She gets in her fucking car. And when I say like, like you, you know, see like in movies, like, like she skirted right. off in her bends. And Dre's like, ah, fuck, I shouldn't have did that shit, man. You know, and he just, he would like play jokes like that and fuck with her. I, I mean, I don't know what happened, like, you know, during the match, but I'm just saying it was kind of funny that he would play these jokes. So, you know, um, Dre's a funny dude. I just can't see him like, I don't know, man. The, the, I, I've been seeing it too, but I've been kind of just ignoring it. I'm not really reading into it. Right. Cause like, you know, Dre really like reached a different level of in life a few years ago with the Beats by Dre shit and all of a sudden, you know, you got him and he's out doing like media campaigns of, you know, really presenting him as this like tech entrepreneur as well as his prior musical background, you know? And during that time you saw like a, the, again, like a concerted media effort, I think, to really draw attention to his whole incident where he uh, allegedly attacked a female journalist back in the day and it's like now we get to see another layer of this. It feels like once you are, are Dr. Dre and you are on such a level, it's like this kind of thing, it's almost inevitable that they're going to continually uh, sort of use you for content, essentially. I don't know, bro. It's some hater shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's... What else, man? I mean, you know, he was, he was most recently, obviously, producing D D Kanye West's album and shit and stuff, and right. they were having weird shit between each other. They're both friends of mine. Mm. And... Uh, you know, when, when, when you have two people that you know, you can make your own decision. You can kind of assess, be like, okay, I know what's going on here, mm. you know? I think, yeah, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, yeah, a little off, you know? It's definitely right. something ain't right, you know? So I could tell, like, Dre ain't off at all. Mm. You could have an articulate conversation with him from whatever, and you can tell he is 100% there. But you know what stands out to me when you mention, like, this, this Grammy after party with, with Dre and Eminem and everybody is that, like, these guys are at the level of a celebrity where they just shelter themselves away and there's almost no glimpse of them. It's like hard to imagine just like a house party with Eminem and Dre chilling. It's like that the immensity and the overwhelming pressure of their celebrity just puts them in a box where a lot of these celebrities who reach this level, they just basically end up completely isolating themselves and you really don't get to see much of their career. And, and Dre and Em are both like pretty good examples of that, I would say. So you saying that and not even being, are you friends with Marshall at all? Or you don't? I don't know. Okay. I know these two guys, right? So think about what you said is an amazing assessment of, of their lives. Right. Now, let's just say once Eminem went like, let's say the second album. Uh -huh. Okay. And then you got Dre, who's been famous forever. Dre has been very behind. He, he don't put his business out there. He don't go out. When he goes out, it's, you know, whatever, but it, he's not making a scene, especially recently. M, same way. So I would say I could bet since 2000, I'll bet you Eminem hasn't been to more than five house parties in his life. Mm. Like, it was a rare occasion. He was there talking to chicks, you know, boom, whatever. At the time, my friend Tara Reed, she's an American pie. She's a, one of the, she was like a famous actress. Whatever. She came to a No Jumper show that we did with Rico Reckless one time. I just want to throw that out there. Random as fuck. So I've known Tara forever. Um, and uh, he was trying to spit game to her. Uh -huh. And I remember I was like, I was going to be like, kind of hate, like, yo, Tara, like, bro, she ain't that lit. Like, Come on, man. But like Marshall was like chilling. Mark Wahlberg was there. I've known Mark for a long time. So there's a lot of people interacting. It wasn't until Drake got on the, on the, on the microphone. I was like, yo, what's up? We started playing. Uh, how fucking weird. It's a Kanye West beat. We're playing Scarface. Guess who's back? I don't know. It's a 21-year-old song. And Eminem, he hands Eminem the mic. And M starts rapping. Freestyling. Incredible. Okay? 
Then he gives the microphone to Fred Durst, and Fred couldn't even fucking say, yo, ABC, one, two, three. You look like a jackass, you know what I'm saying? Like, Those are the two top white rappers in the world at that time. Yeah, and, and Fred just could not bust a, he couldn't bust a fucking, not one one bar. Wow. He couldn't bust, look, not two bars, three, but he couldn't bust one bar. He's embarrassed, mm -hmm. boom, let it go. But what I'm saying is, it was weird to see him let go. Now, when you think about, like, when I see people who, I haven't seen Marshall in forever, mm -hmm. but my boy Mr. Cartoon still tattoos him and stuff, he talks about it. Can't go to the movies, mm. can't go to his daughter's graduation, can't go to the fucking grocery. You just can't do certain things that normal people do. Right. So, yeah, you're right. It's crazy. And it's like, you know, Ben Ball is famous. Adam 22 is famous-ish. But, like, there's just a level of fame that he's at where it's he just can't really. And he's just been famous enough for long enough that he just kind of, I feel like you just got to give up on just having a public life in a way. Yeah. I, I didn't realize how famous Eminem was until I started going to Korea a lot. And I think we talked about K-pop and stuff. And... No artist, the last artist from America that sold out the Olympic Arena, it only holds 12,000. There's way bigger places, but it's a legendary place. Mm. The last guy was, it might have been Stevie Wonder or it might have been Guns N' Roses, like that level. And they said at that time, let's say 2015 or 14, Kanye couldn't sell it out. That's how, that's how big, how strong Korea is with their thing. Mm. And so we were talking to all the guys like the Diddy, the Russell Simmons, the Dr. Dre's of Korea, like, hey, boom, so who could sell it out? Mm. And they're like, there's probably only one person. It'd probably be Eminem. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why am I? have never been a huge fan of his music, you know what I mean? But it's crazy. So he is definitely an enormous star. Do you think that he would be unhappy? you think if he's watching this that he just heard you say you're not a huge fan of his music and that he's unhappy with that? No, I don't think he gives a fuck what I say. I know the whole shit with Snoop, that was a big thing, but I don't think he, I don't think he cares so much. But the Snoop thing was interesting because it was just M turning down being on Snoop's album, which if you think about who M is and everything, you think of an Eminem guest verse as a mega rare exclusive. It's, a, it's an event. You only hear a couple of verses from him a year maybe aside from like his album. That's very on brand for Eminem to be like, no, I don't want to pop up on this random Snoop album, even though it's Snoop. Right. It's, it's, it's on brand for him. Right. And it's, but it's interesting that that still was a, a reason for some tension 20, 30 years yeah. later, right? I, I didn't like that, that they had the, the little weird beef and stuff. I'm just saying, like, I, don't, I, I understood why he was big, mm. but there's just a few things. Look, I understand why he's talented, too. Mm. Just wasn't my style. Like, look, dude, people fucking love Riley Reed, right? <laughs> I'm just yeah. not, I don't think I would ever, if I was single, I would not bang this chick. She's not hot. I don't know what, it, you know, people have different tastes. Really? Yeah. What, what are you into? Like as far as like a porn star? <laughs> yeah. What kind of woman is, uh, I mean, Riley type wise, she's skinny, white. To, I'm, I don't even fucking keep up with, I mean, Tiana Trump, she's like, you know what I'm saying? She's, she's. She has like a very similar body type to Riley, I would say, aside from being half black or whatever i don't know she just she just is, is sexier prettier than me. i mean i'm saying right i just what i'm trying to, what i'm trying to make the the point i was trying to make is just you know there's um just people have different types of music and i was never an enormous fan of eminem's so i just you know I fuck with them and you no know, whatever but i just wasn't a huge fan that's all no yeah i mean I, I think as you get older in particular if you want to be like a, a person who can publicly have opinions about music and whatnot it's like there's just going to be artists that you can acknowledge that they're massively talented and successful and that you just obviously never listen to. Like, I could sit here and have a conversation about how amazing Billie Eilish is, how influential she is, how talented she is. I don't drive around listening to Billie Eilish. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't either, but... And I, I kind of low-key hated on her, whatever. I was like, who the fuck is this chick? Like, stuff with the fucking, stop wearing the glad bags. You know what I'm saying? The fucking trash bags and shit. Like, come on, why you wear this shit so, like, look, bag, like, come on. Like, I know you're cool. And then I listened to the music and I was like, yo, yeah. this chick is special. Like, I respect it. Like, I don't listen to Adele, but she's, no, you know what? That's fucked, man. 
But I could listen to Adele and Billie Eilish before I could probably listen to M. Really? You know? I don't like listening to Eminem since about like 2001, to be honest. 2002. Yeah. That fucking, what was it? That, the Eminem show? That was, a, that was a good album to me. And then after that, it just got a little... I just feel like he, he's like the <laughs> definitive... He's the definitive guy who just needs to just do less. Just do a little less. And whenever he reels it back and wraps it a little bit more normal of a, a pace and doesn't feel the need to sort of stuff every bar full of fucking all this lyrical miracle stuff. When he, when <laughs> he backs miracle. it up, he backs it up a little bit, and I love it. Like, around my favorite M era, honestly, which is, like, probably not a popular opinion, was, like, him and G-Unit dissing Ja Rule. That was good. Really felt like we got, like I mean, a some side of my favorite, M that was fun. One of my then. favorite eras of hip-hop was the G-Unit mixtapes back in oh, 2002. Best, yeah. Some of the best. I will say this. Um, 8 Mile... If right. you didn't get charged off Eight Mile, like mm. that was a great fucking movie. Mm. You know, other than that, I don't know. I've seen Eight Mile like probably ten times, more than almost any movie in my life. Okay, well then, shit, that's. It says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else, bro? Yeah, what else? I don't know. Like, what, what are there things that you want to get off your chest during this this time? Like, Laura initially booked my schedule so that I had like three interviews today. I'm like, no, we need at least two hours with them <laughs> Ball. This is not going to be a short one. Laura, I love Laura, by the way. Um, Me too. You know, uh, dude, there's always some shit going on. You know what I mean? I just don't want to like, there's there's random beefs that I don't necessarily want to get into. Mm. And I'll just like, kind of like, you know, I noticed if I just even like, I don't know why of all people, I'm not even important. If I like a, a, a shade room baller alert or fucking whatever, say cheese post immediately. I'm a hater. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's like whatever against 6 9 or whatever, I just have my own opinions on certain things. Mm. I don't necessarily speak on them anymore because it causes so much fucking drama. Right. That whole situation with Freddie Gibbs and, and <laughs> academics. I watched that video of him last night talking about you. Bro. I think it was the same night that he was going in on Chrissy Teigen, right? Yeah, but he went in so hard, right? Right. Crazy part is, Adam, look, man. I don't think I've seen him get that drunk in any of his stream clips since then. Right. The problem is I would fuck him up, period. Like, there'd be no look, dog. I think the fact that, like, I got what? Besides the fact that I have 160 stitches on my hands and I fought before, I would literally beat, I would beat the brakes off that dude. He'd sue me. I know he would. I would fuck his whole life up. And Freddie knows me. And me and Freddie, I know people are like, oh, Freddie's a real gangster. You know, Freddie Gibbs, da-da-da-da. Mm. When, when we talked about it, it was like, man, come on, bro. Like, his, just a weird thing. But, I mean, I remember one time he showed up to Complex Con. I used to talk to, to Act, you know, whatever. Mm. And he's big and cool, but it's, he's just, all he's doing is reblogging other people's shit. And like he's, you know, and he has his little opinions here and there, and whatever. I just thought it was funny. I just laughed because the picture and what Freddie was saying was funny. But for him to go out, like, bro, Freddie's probably going to win a fucking Grammy this year. You know, that means something. Some people don't, but. But what, what did you say? You did say something that Ak was going to, like, have to take aggressively, right? Like, you, you said something that was basically like Freddie's destroying him. Right? Oh, yeah. But who cares? What does that mean? I, I said, yo, man, Freddie. Freddie's killing academics. Mm. And he said, you da 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 this and that, you hip-hop African-Americans. Bro, <laughs> that was the quote. That, yeah. I forgot about that until I saw yesterday, hip-hop African-Americans. And all Freddie did was talk about hip-hop. He's like, yo, that was the funny. And we were talking off, you know, on chat and fucking uh, FaceTime, whatever. Mm. The thing with that is this. He keeps saying like, oh, you do this, this, and this, and you shake. No, you don't. I don't. There's, nobody has no receipts on me when it comes to jewelry. Yeah, he was, he was kind of calling you a scammer and stuff. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's, mm. Come on, man. Look, dude. Jewelry's other, a scam inherently, right? It depends. <laughs> As a non-participant, that, uh, that's what I was kind of thinking when I was watching that. I'm like, charging exorbitant prices for jewelry is, that's the whole business, right? It 
really at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's, it's a luxury business. You could say that about Gucci. Mm-hmm. You could say that about certain things, right? But at the same time, when you become a brand name, mm-hmm. like a Gucci or like a Cartier, whatever, you kind of charge what you want. I used to make 25, 30 chains a year. Guess what? I make maybe four to five a year for the last three years. And guess what? I made more money in these last three years than any other jeweler on Instagram has made ever, mm. period. It's not even a, it's like, look, it's not even a contest. Right. It's like trying to compare Dr. Dre to, shit, I don't want to say another producer's name that I fucked, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like, like someone who's been around for three or four years that's hot, mm. like, you just can't, because there's, there's a level of, you acquire a certain level of wealth, and then you add to that, and then you just get this surround sound generational wealth that's surrounded with you in certain things, and I've just been very smart about my business. Mm. You know, so to say certain things people don't know what the fuck you know i do i think people google my net worth and see like a crazy number but that's not accurate but i'm still i know what i'm doing because i know what the jewelry game is what it is is in the last two years i've walked away from hip-hop artists as much as possible really? you know if it's somebody from hip-hop it'd be like kid cuddy mm. you know who's established he's, he's not like you know some new kid trying to get a name and that's just not what i do anymore you but know that there's a lot of jewelers and a lot of people out there who are really like chasing after building a brand name by being the one to link up with right. blank new artists. And it's like that that is the problem for you is that as your business has become bigger and bigger, you just can't even like the, the idea of taking on that constant pressure of always wanting to link with the new top artist. It's not really going to increase your bottom line. It's not really where you want to take your business. But then there, there are newcomers to the space who can really specialize in, in hitting that market, right? There are. I'm just not there in my life right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in a different place where I want to be in museums. I'm trying to do brand partnerships. Like, I did this thing with Snickers. I'm doing it. I keep trying to push it to a different level of the game. You know, when they have these jewelry awards and they have these things like the Academy Awards and whatever, there's only like one or two that are really, you know, like, like prestigious. There's never been anybody in my cat that's even close. So there's never been, none of those guys have been nominated. That's why I always tell people, it's like, you haven't been nominated, bro. You're not even acknowledged. People don't even know you exist. Does that not mean, you're, does that mean you suck? No. Because it's amazing. There's probably some great artists who got snubbed from the Grammys, whatever. But they haven't even fucking acknowledged you. So stop it, bro. You know, but at the same time, just because you have, you know, uh, Metro Boomin or um, um, uh, trippy red or whatever these new dudes are like that doesn't mean anything to me Do you know what I'm saying like and some people complain and a lot of you know jewelry is it's a weird thing And then there's these guys that are all fighting in this one like circle mm. Let's say like three or four jewelers that are always competing for the same people bro that jewelry's not lo- loyal You know what I mean like these people they'll go to anyone there's things that are free There's people getting shout outs like dog. I'm so past that like I don't even give a fuck about that You know when you see something like icebox having a pop in YouTube channel with all these videos of rappers browsing their shelves and stuff How, how did you feel about that because it, it is interesting how it's kind of jewelry was always this sort of like secretive Shrouded mysterious business, right? And now it's like no here's we're put it all on front street Here's our entire business. We're gonna show you everything. We're gonna show you our clients, right? The game has changed it is, and at the same time, it for for their business, it's smart. Mm. You know, I know Mo, I know Zahir. Um, they have a they have a they have a they have a business, and, and they're smart about what they do. And I'm not going to knock that. Um, do I have an opinion about the quality, the level of their jewelry? Yeah, sure. Am I going to talk about it? No, for what? For whatever reason? Like, um, there was an issue where there was a guy named Fake Jewelry Buster, mm. and he was shitting on everyone. The only person he didn't shit on was me. Or like Jacob or someone big. He just constantly shit on people, so they thought it was me. Mm. And then people are saying, oh, blah, blah. I was like, look, dog. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Not hypothetical. I'm going to ask you a real question. 
if you look at me and you've known me for five years or whatever, what's one thing you know about me, especially when you look at my page now, you don't see, what's one thing that you know that I love in my life? I live for that. Baseball cards. Come on, man. Something, something more deep. Your honestly. family. My family. Mm. Would you say that I'm pretty serious about being a dad? You seem very serious. Okay. We definitely have to talk about that today. I put it on my kid's life. You don't put those, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I, I would wish my kids to die a terrible death tomorrow if that was my account. Could you, you know what I'm saying? Would I say something like that if it was like people, oh, you people cap, that, that ain't me, man. Mm. My life is definitely very unusual and very weird and very, very, in a way, like, I don't want to say spectacular, but it's, it's, I've had a crazy life, right? A crazy career. I don't have that time for that shit. So, like, it's funny, Icebox had blocked me. So, you know, one thing I'm proud of is this. For the longest time, undisputed-wise on some Floyd Mayweather shit, I was an undisputed champion of that game, and it just got boring, and I'm like, I'm doing other things where, you know, and I'm still making more money because I'm doing a different type of thing. I'm not taking a $25,000 job or $60,000 change job. I won't do it, mm. you know? But um, if it's something creative and shit, I'll do it. Now, when it comes to Instagram, every one of those guys have bought followers. Like, I did an audit on my account the other day. It was like 74 80%. Every one of those guys is like 40, 50%. So mm -hmm. half the followers are fake. Like, you know, and my engagement is higher. That's what matters to me. Like, I didn't have to go and get 4 million followers to find me. I didn't need to, you know, it's just been, and again, I'm older than all of these motherfuckers, you know, which makes it even harder because in the culture and in this whole thing with Uzi saying, oh man, pretty much if you're over 25, you washed up. Remember if you're 30, yeah. you know, and just. He's like you know, 25 now, isn't he? He might be. He's about to be. Yeah. But I mean, it is. Young people or people who spend a relatively short period of time in the spotlight just don't really have any fucking clue of like what it is to maintain a career over 20 years or whatever. They have no idea. And, it, and just how challenging it is and how, how easily it is to be written off as washed or over or whatever and to continue reinventing yourself. And just the fact that like if you are popping in 2010, Whatever makes you popping at that time probably is not going to be enough to make you popping in 2020. And you have to keep evolving. Yeah. That's why I respect E40 so much and other people who are still in the game and figure things out and still, you know, identify and, and, and you know, connect to the, to the, um, to the youth. Right. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't really have. I wish I had a recipe and wrote it down or had, you know, directions of how I could do this again. But like you said, each year it changes or every, you know, couple years. You have to kind of just always and I have to reinvent myself almost all the time. But I think a couple more years and I'm just done. I'm just going to be a washed up dad and just chill, you know? Right. I mean, but if you, like, I, I get it because shit just gets boring. And it's shit that people think is the coolest shit in the world. Like, if you, you know, have a new Instagram clip of you presenting a fucking crazy ass chain to an artist, it's like, I mean, do you want to do that a hundred times a year? Do you want to post one of those videos every they fucking do. day? They do. But if that's all you have as a business, then it makes yeah. sense to double down on that. But for me personally, it's like, you know, even just like... Uh, you know, there's been multiple times where it's like our, our content just started to kind of feel stale. And it's like, do you really just want to like do the same ass vlog going backstage with some rapper when they're playing at the Novo? Do you just want to do that over and over and over for the rest of your life? Like at a certain point, I just got to be like, no, like I, I, I just can't do that because it's it's so not inspirational to me. It's just so like right. once something becomes really redundant, you know, but but there's a lot of people who that is what they want out of their life they find one thing that they like doing and then they'll just do it over and over and over i feel like you and me are kind of different in that we clearly want to build something right i mean dog i'm just again it was just enough was enough i'm just i don't give a fuck about that um even when drake needed some stuff recently and that's my boy you know yeah. i sent my i sent you know one of my employees to go deal with it and whatever and um what was the song the the um 
uh, Kiki, Do You Love Me? I forgot what the shit was, whatever. Right. But that song, like, they did Grills Boom, and I, I sent Key, what a, how funny, Key Key, and I sent, my employee's name is Key. Mm-hmm. Some of my employee, Key, and Boom, and I, he was, like, so excited about it, and I was like, hey, man, look, don't, don't say shit, don't ask any questions, don't, don't ask for pictures, don't do shit, just chill, go there, and, you know, everything's gonna be good. Um, you know, I'm not really excited to go meet celebrities here and there. There's a couple people who I'm interested in because mm. I just find out about them recently. I'm like, oh, damn. I'm like, you know, everyone knows about this guy. Oh, I never heard about, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Kid Leroy, is that his name? Yeah. Fucking super cool. Yeah. You know, like, and then there's a couple things here and there. And like, I'll come across some people. I used to be the dude. Now, look, look, I get, I'm standoffish. I don't really be out like that. I don't go out. Not because I'm old. It's just I have other things to do. Um, but I don't. I did. I went out for so many fucking years. I was a nightclub DJ, right? Mm. And also going out. I don't care about that. But when I see some of these people that, like, people hit me up all the time. Hey, what's going on tonight? Fuck, I would know, motherfucker. Like, why would I know? You're not going out at night anymore, right? Yeah. But me like, neither. I, you know, I can't even imagine. I used to be the dude to be like, I'm only going to follow 30 people. Right. Fuck this. Yeah. And I remember me talking about, hey, man, you got to follow me back because I'm going to follow you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Now I'm kind of a lot more accepted to that and try to be cool and whatever. But, but that's because we're old men now. They're just like, oh, I'm going to fuck my ratio up and just follow a thousand yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, that's what I'm at. I just feel like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to follow, you know, and, and just is what it is. That's a young, cool kid thing to be like, I'm going to follow three people. I'm going to follow zero. You know what's fucking funny? Yeah, follow zero people, right? Oh, you're so get, badass. Get over your fucking self. <laughs> you know who fucking messaged me during that fucking AK fucking Freddie Gisby? Take a wild guess. I don't know. Celia, the fucking Celia, what's her name? Um, oh, uh, Selena Celia, Powell. Selena Powell. Oh, yeah. She's like, don't you ever talk about my man like that? Da, 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 da. And I was like, what the fuck is this 305 number? Like, bitch. And then I didn't reply to it. Right. Or was it three? So it was some fucked up number. Then, like two months later, she goes, I just want you to understand. I'm not mad at you, but I just had, you had to understand that I was like, um, you know, you said some shit about me and uh, I just had to defend them or whatever. But I still didn't reply. I was just like, all right, cool. You know, like, it, it's, and I see, you know, I know she's, like family of the show, right? Well, yeah, we're friends. <laughs> Ak and her have been very hot and cold, so I, I, I'm not I, surprised to hear that honestly, it was uh, she, changing yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I just, I just laughed, you know. And she's a kid. Look, like, like, look, I um, she she was successful at being a a, a seductress or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't you never know got what, seduced in my life. No, by her. No, maybe, no, I mean, did she come on to me? You mean, or are you talking about? No, I'm just wondering if you ever felt the need to. Maybe you met up with her at the Radisson or something. Never in a million no. years. Okay. Never in a million fucking I just, years. I got to check, you know. Never in a billion years. Right. <laughs> when did? So, how much did having kids change your life? Because that it feels like that's got to be the main thing that makes like going out just not seem really as appetizing anymore. It's like when you have something that you're really engaged with that seems really important at your house. It's like, what the fuck am I going out to supper club for when I'm, I'm like chasing some new relationship, some new c- contacts, some new networking opportunity? It just sort of starts to feel stale over time, right? So let me say this. Okay, so I don't go out in L.A. And I rarely would go out in New York or, or Vegas, but I'd pop up right here and that there. That does sound more interesting when you're out of town. Yeah. Knowing that it's going on every single day down the street is the percent. part that's less interesting. A billion yeah. percent. Now, if I'm in fucking Miami and like, you know, go, hey, let's go to Tootsie's, I'm like, shit, you ain't, let's go, you know? Right. But like, when it comes to, you know, my, my, my firstborn son, it was something I wanted since like 32 or 33. I was like, you know, I would have a kid. You, you obviously, I was like, hey, look at man, I don't want to get married. You know, I've been engaged twice, but I don't want to get married more than once. I, mm-hmm. I, I want to be totally different from what my mom and dad were. And when my firstborn son happened, I was like, yo, man, my life changed the moment he popped out, right? And uh, not only did he change, 
I never looked back financially. My grind became a whole different thing because now I'm looking out for him. Mm. So each time I had a new kid, life became even 10 times more difficult because now I got to think about tuitions, you know, them to be good for at least 20, 25, whatever the fuck it is. And so like, I'm not working to buy cars or vacate. I'm, I'm working for them now. I, I've saved enough money for me. My girl just told me that private school is like 50 grand a year. Um, it, it, it's, it's between like a good private school is going to be in, in LA is probably going to be between 30 to 75 grand. And, uh, fortunately they have a family deal. Mm. So, uh, three kids ends up being 35. It ends up being three kids is being a hundred grand. Right. Right. Which sucks. When she told me 50 grand a year, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. My nieces went to school where it was like the most expensive was like 70 grand a year. It was fucked up. I never even like growing up. I don't think I even knew anyone who went to private school. I didn't even know anything about yeah. that. I mean, I knew some kids who went to private school. I didn't know how much it cost. I was, I mean, we were broke, you right. know? So like I went to public school, but my kids now, what fucks me up is that I'm paying that kind of money for their education and we're doing it at home. My wife is so fucking stressed out because the Zoom shit is all fucked up. Right. So COVID has been pretty horrific for you, huh? In terms of family stuff. I don't it's know been horrific. It business stuff. It's been it's been horrific because my oldest son, London, has severe severe respiratory illness. And how old is he? He is now. Uh, he's eight and a half, and he spent from ages like from fifteen months to about four and a half. He spent probably thirty three. 40% of his entire life in the hospital. Wow. Until we finally figured out what was going on. So now that we have it under control, when everyone's talking about ventilators, ventilators, this, ventilators, that, all over the news, we had a ventilator at the house, bro, because right. of how bad his situation is and auctions and stuff. And my son's been in ICU, you know, and I'm like, fuck, sudden death watch. If my son, and, and of course, I'm one of the biggest preachers during the pandemic. I was early. I fucking went against the Surgeon General about masks and stuff. If my son didn't have respiratory illness, I won't lie to you. I, I, I'd probably be not out like, you know, Atlanta and party and shit, but I, I'd definitely be, I'd be out a little bit more, you know? Right. I wouldn't be wearing a mask right now. I'd be doing different things, but I have to respect. This is my son. I need to protect. I need to give him the best chance possible. Right. Whether people think it doesn't exist or not and be like, oh, when the election's over, watch, watch. When Trump gets out of office, that's just going to go away. It's crazy, like, as soon as, because my mom got it at one point, it didn't get to her lungs, so she was fine, you know, a, a week or two later. But, like, after that and going through that experience of being fucking terrified that she was not going to make it, to then hear people minimize the disease and act like it's not real, act like it's not dangerous, is, like, it becomes really offensive once yeah. it becomes that personal. I'm sure you feel the same way about your kid. I mean, bro, I've lost, what, Sean, four people in my life that, that have died from COVID, like, straight from COVID. Right. More recently, my wife's, uh, my wife's uncle two weeks ago. And, um, you know, I've seen people get sick and stuff. And so we've just been kind of, you know, again, look, man, for the most part, my pain is more so seeing my kids go through the mental stress they're going through right now. The next part of it is seeing the world. Cause obviously I, my, my main responsibility is to take care of my family. These kids didn't ask to be in the world. I brought them into the world. Obviously it's my responsibility to make sure that they're good and be decent citizens in life. And after that, whatever, I've done my job. The issue that comes next is the pain of how many people have lost their jobs or lost, you know, anything or seeing a business that I love mm. close and things like that. You know, I can't save everyone. I could do what I can to help out. But other than that, those are big issues. Deaths, people losing their jobs, the, the world's going crazy. They think that, um, you know, people are fucking crazy, blah, blah, whatever. I'm like, look at 
There's 250 countries right now that are locked down. Right. We ain't the only one. Why the fuck you keep talking about the election? Uh, Donald Trump and fucking Biden have nothing to do with Australia. They got nothing to do with China. You know, it's 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 really a real thing. Um, as far as the flip side of it, I'm not gonna be like you know money bag yo and say that you know like but it was the best financial year of my life ever, it and was. I've had great years, right? right. It's just the baseball cards and things like that. So you know there was some good and there was bad, but I don't like sit there and promote it and stuff. I'm not, you know. There are certain things where it is tone deaf and people could attack, and I don't post that much as it is. Right. But I was broke. Right. I worked at Burger King, bro. I worked at Subway. I worked a shitty job. So I don't want anybody to tell me. I'm not saying I'm not compassionate for people, but I'm saying I do, I've done. I have donated over millions of dollars to, to charity, and I've built schools in Seattle and, and other things. People don't know that. I don't promote that part. I just kind of just do it, right? And I heard you talking about this on your podcast the other day about how, you know, it's feels like and it feels like this is kind of like a newer thing in terms of the, the, the overall climate in our country and in our world where flaunting your wealth or being blatantly successful just doesn't really resonate the same with people as it might have used to. And like you're somebody who kind of in a lot of ways you built your, your brand off of, you know, all this excess jewelry and cars and stuff like that. So, I mean, the, the kind of changes the way that you want to communicate publicly, I'm guessing. I mean, I haven't really posted the cars the same. Mm. In particular with the pandemic. Right. I've never, ever, ever, not ever have I ever posted my home. Right. Um, there's just things that I just don't, you know what I mean? As much as I would love to show them, um, I don't post all the jewelry that we sell or whatever it may be. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, if I needed to come with content, it would be fucking easy. Mm-hmm. Whether it be stories or reels, where the fuck it is, boom. I'm just like, man, you know what? You know what? The best thing about it was this, man. Two people just randomly hit me when I was starting to go on a rant. Mm-hmm. And one of them was mustard. And Mustard's like, yo, Ben, man, why are you going after, like, why are you saying shit like that? I was like, bro, because, you know what, man, because I felt like it. How about that? Now I'm not going to give you a legitimate interest, because I felt like, being, you know, I felt like putting my chest out. And he's like, bro, you're Ben Baller. Right. For Mustard to say this, who's definitely a very accomplished, very successful, high eight-figure net worth, and he's like, bro, you're a fucking big deal, bro. Like, why are you entertaining it? And then someone else who's an enormous star, I won't mention his name, but he's like, Ben, people already fucking expected. They already think that you have it. Mm. And for a long time, it wasn't like a, 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 a insecure thing, even though I think I'm insecure about certain things. I thought like people thought, I was like, yo, motherfuckers think I'm broke. Mm. And for a while, I just kind of had that, that, you know, that, that stigma. And, um, you know, my boy, who's, again, he's a huge, he's a huge deal. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. I could reassure, I could tell you for sure with confidence. Nobody thinks you're broke, bro. Mm. You know, but there's still people out there like, oh, man, you renting cars, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, definitely not renting cars, you know. But at the same time, flex too much or post the city I live in or whatever. I just got to be careful with that, you know. And that's what close friend stories are for. Oh, so you're on that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen the green circle pop up on yours. I don't My know bad, if I'm Adam. close friends. Damn, My bad, hurts, Adam. man. You got a lot of fucking uh, questionable people around you, man. <sighs> not... Anybody who's robbing houses, though, don't worry. <laughs> I don't think. Not actively. Maybe in the past. Um, right. But you know what it is, too, is that it's like, all right, let's imagine that you're like 21, mid-20s or whatever, coming out right now. And it's kind of like you were broke in recent memory. And now you got money. And now you're having cars and stuff. It's like people are more receptive to that. If you're Pooh Shiesty and you come out and you got a crazy-ass chain and a new car, it's like everybody knows that he was broke a year or two ago. Maybe six months ago. Right. 
people perceive that differently. I think that they perceive you as just a guy who's always had money. I think because since they social media, yeah, because social media. I mean, yeah, for the most part, since even MySpace, I guess I kind of, yeah, since I jumped on MySpace, I became a millionaire in 2004, right? So I guess you know, but I really leveled up like in 2017 is when things changed into a different like where I wasn't just a millionaire anymore. Now I had you know properties plural. I had other things going on, and then even now after this last year, I think. Um, the people I'm around, you get to a certain thing. Even my assistant sometimes, you know, I would never, a million, I don't want to put him on blast like that because he's over here, but like my assistant is probably one of the richest little assistants ever. He's just very, very, he's a miser. You know, he's just very, very good at, at, at he's very shrewd. He's um, good with his money and things like that. So like, you know, like the people I have around me, sometimes I still forget. Like, that's not a big deal, boom. But then I'm not realizing like, hey, you know, this adds up. Shit, my Postmate bill ends up being like seven grand a month. You know, and I'm not thinking. I'm just being what like, oh fuck, fuck it. seven grand. Yeah, it gets, it gets, it could get nasty. I mean, how do I order every day? <laughs> but even if you ordered a hundred dollars worth of food in a day, that's a hundred's like a joke. That's not even, bro. I'm talking to like. But you're ordering for other people as well, then. I mean, yeah, I have a family. Yeah, I mean, Chipotle would be over a hundred for me over there. I'm on like meal prep now that costs like sixty bucks a day or some shit. That's amazing. But, but it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm losing weight because of it. I think that you told me you gained 30 pounds since we. Uh, but I mean, I've also I've lost 52 pounds in three months before from being like, really, I know what it's like. I mean, I was an athlete a long time ago, but I mean. What is that up and down of like, we'll, we'll never really allow ourselves to really get to the place where we really want to be physically. Right. Like as you get closer and closer, I always find a way to just fall off and just stop working out for six months or something. I feel like if I fucking get super fit. I'm not going to be my success. My like my my financial level of success will will go down. Why? I don't know what it is, man. It's just a weird thing with me. So you're working really hard to fill this hole that exists in your self confidence because you have a a gut. In, in a way, like I just feel like, look, you, know, you got these dudes where I got six packs and blah blah. Right. They're young, and they're out there talking shit. They're like, yeah, I could do this, this, and this. And then you got this old dude with a beer belly, mm. and he fucks a chick that you're trying to get at. That's what sucks about getting in better and better shape is that at the point where I was at the best shape in my life, where I weighed like 20, 25 pounds less than I do right now, I started to really feel like now I don't have this thing to be depressed about a at least a little bit that I've had with me my whole life. Like being unhappy about my body was always like just there for me. Like anytime you needed to kind of feel like shit about yourself, it was just right there. You look good, bro. I feel okay. But I mean, okay. you know, at, at times I've, I've felt a lot worse. How old worse. are you now? Huh? How old are you? 37. Oh, shit, Adam. You're getting up there, bro. Mm-hmm. And now I have a three-month-old. Damn. I, I hit you the day. You, I remember, I think it was the day of, I think. Yeah. So but I mean, crazy. you know, um, I just, uh, the, the kids overall, the, the, you know, your general question is, it changed my life for the better. It made me a more compassionate person. And I think when I had my daughter, mm. that's when, like, like, I, I, look, I just started following the new jumper page recently, like maybe six months ago. I didn't know that. You know, like, I just, I don't know why, but. Amazing Instagram account to follow, no yeah, jumper. It is. It really is. And so, you know, you'll post pictures of like, or a video of like Ruby Rose. Right. Who I've known Ruby for a long time, right? And I see these comments. I'm just like, yo, man, I'm like, fuck. I hate to see people say certain things, whatever, and not, you know, know her or whatever. And it doesn't even fucking matter. But when you do have a daughter, you know, you do look at things a little different. You know, mm -hmm. like you think like later she's gonna want to go out on a date right and now you gotta like you know like so you know you're just you're just a little bit more gentle 
No, definitely. And you just sort of, it makes you reconsider everything in your life. Like I constantly am just hearing rap lyrics now and just being like, oh God, <laughs> how would I explain that to my daughter if she was, you know, six and she asked me what that meant? Right. What kind of logistical I, My daughter was listening to WAP and I'm like, fuck, she doesn't, she doesn't get it. Obviously, you know, she's too young, but right. she knows lyrics and she's, you know, she's addicted to TikTok. Right. And um, I don't know, man, you know, I, I, look. I have to be honest, man. Other than COVID and everything else, this is the best time of my life. I'm having the greatest time. I'm loving it. I think people just, they think that like, oh, man. I see a lot of comments when people post jewelry and shit. Like, oh, man, Ben Ball must be punching the air. I'm like, I'm punching the air? I just bought a $2.7 million car, bro. You think I give a fuck about that? I'm being real, though. You know, I'm like, no, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm just a miserable person when it comes to like, like, I'm that 50 cent level shit. You know what I mean? Like he always said, he said, yo, man, your frowns make me smile. I've learned to try to be less of that, though. You know, when I see people like who are trying to be badass, and they fall down the steps or something. I'm like, all right, look, motherfucker. Like, you know, I'll tell you straight out the top. I ain't that cool. Mm. I'm washed up. I'm old. You know, I'm not cool. You were more aggressive on social media for a while. I felt like you were almost like a, a Donald Trump type thing. Remember how he, he used to, but not like Donald Trump as president, but like Donald Trump before he was president, where yeah. he was just commentating on everybody's lives and just sort of like just. And, and, and I mean, he was great back then. Right. That, that was a fun. No, you era. know what? I, I, I definitely talked a lot of shit, and I do think it was funny because I remember you texted me one time, but then you understood. And I hope this wasn't like, I don't want to bring up anything bad, but you know, motherfucking uh, some girl tried to cancel you, right, and try mm-hmm. to come for you, and and um, I don't know if you were surprised or not, yeah. but I went out of my way. I didn't just go like whatever. I didn't just say something. I said something, went in comments, defend like I was like, nah, nah, hold on, look, we go. This is not what this is what we're not gonna do, mm. okay? If you remember, I went to defend you. I appreciate. They that, tried yeah. to cancel you, right? And I was like, I was like, nah, dog, no, nah, that ain't gonna happen. Boom, and I went hard, and the people were like trying to keep going. Boom, but I was like, look, man, some motherfuckers just can't get canceled. It is mm. what it is, right? And so, you know, w- with that said, when I got with a major major agency, I'm with XLSM, right? They represent Tiger Woods, Derek Jeter. Peyton Manning, um, so many different stars, right? Even new stars and everything all over the world. There's an enormous agency. Mm. I've been with several different agencies, WME, CAA. Now with them, it's, it's uh, with these brand sponsorships, with Tops, um, Snickers, things like that. These people don't like the fact that I even own a fucking cannabis company. So oh, let alone really? my opinions of Donald Trump, my opinions of these things, it can affect my, my bag, right? Mm. Now, how much does that matter? Like, fuck that. I'm going to speak on Black Lives Matter. I'm going to speak on these type of things. I love when people say, oh, man, you know, this culture vulture. This. Man, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, for real, shut the fuck up. Like, I have been around this. All, I don't really know too much other than, you know, black people and uh, some Asians, more so now. But that's what I grew up in, you know? And so, like, people just don't get it. So, like, I was very vocal and I've chilled out, and my agent deletes a lot of my tweets and stuff. You know what I mean? He has and access to your tweets. Yeah. When I had my reality show the first time, bro, they deleted 30-something thousand tweets. <sighs> I was like, wow. But, yeah, so now, like, I have a couple hundred tweets, and then, like, if it gets out of pocket, they'll delete them in here and there. And just, but so is your, your agency, you know, like, when, when I've, like, done meetings with WME and CAA in the past or whatever, it's like, I always just kind of felt like y'all are, like, just trying to sign people, but you're not really going to be that proactive that's the fucking that you you hit the fucking nail on the fucking head that's like the, the standard with agencies bro i signed with wme so i would say it didn't do shit right 
And then, you know, I have my show, Boom Nothing, WME. They got me a couple things here and there. Look, man, there's other people in the A-list, whatever. Like, and, you know, I was like, it was kind of dope. I was like, oh, show with WME. You know, like, look how these enormous stars. If you're not in that 1%, like, you could even be famous, you know, like, do well. They just, it's just, they just don't give a fuck. It's a weird thing. So I was like, look, man, with XL, it's a different type of agency. Mm. Because but they have people aggressively going after Not just shit that, for you. not just that. You know, this is a sports agency, professional sports athletes. Mm. Me and Don C and maybe one other two people were like the only ones that were not pro athletes. Mm. But look at these brands now. You know what I mean? I'm getting seven-figure deals from different people. You know, I'm, I'm making, you know, legitimate money at an old age. You know, like I'm almost 50, bro. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's they're actively hitting me. I just got an email like an hour ago. Interested in this? And then some things like, hey, Ben, you know, like, okay, now, dog, we got to tell you, this is, this is a big move. Let's make this partnership happen. Boom. What are you doing with Tops? So Tops is one of the, is the oldest baseball card company. Right. That's why I was uh, surprised by that one. Um, my agent hit me up what, about it a year ago, a little over a year ago, probably the end of 2019. I was like, all right, cool. Fuck it. I'm going to design some baseball cards. Great. You know, um, 13 months later, I've sold... $20 million in cards, maybe somewhere around there. Wow. Yeah. And so have you always been into the baseball card thing or is this relatively new? And it's I, weird to me that two of the richest people or like most successful people. I know you and Gary V are just always talking about this on social media, which is probably how some people feel when I'm talking about online poker all the time. Right. I love online. But, but um, so Gary V was consistently always in the hobby. He never left the hobby. Okay. Hobby is the, the group of people that collect baseball cards or sports cards. I left the hobby after like 91, 92. So I took damn near a 20-year absence from, the, from it. But I understood it, and I knew what was going on. And I very lightly, not even casually, less than the casually, I very lightly kept tabs on certain things and knew obviously certain things are going. Last year, in the pandemic, it has exploded to a billion-dollar business. And not only that, inside actual boardrooms, my name has been thrown around several times, way more than a couple, that I'm... A big responsibility of why they came back so big, you know, mm. during the pandemic. And I'm, I'm that's a fuck. That's a that's a flex to me, you know. And and you know, uh, the guy Vegas Dave, he sold the card. He paid. Did he pay four hundred? Like four hundred thousand dollars for a card. He ended up selling it for fucking four million dollars. Jesus. You know, and then then just recently there was um, uh, a couple cards that have been going for a million, a couple uh, LeBron cards and things, and you know um. I own some cards that are worth some money, and, it, and it's crazy, bro. It's definitely it's part of my net worth now. How crazy is that? But how do you approach it? Because to me, if I was, you know, if I'm somebody who believes that Bitcoin is is strong, then I'm going to go and buy however much of Bitcoin. Are you like, oh, I believe that the LeBron James rookie card is going to be worth ten times as much, so I'm going to go buy fifty of them if I no. can, or like, do you no. buy in like large quantities? What's it's, the thought it's, process? It's not like that with baseball cards. You know, you you um, you, if you can, do you know? What the problem with reselling right now is, and, and anything, whether it be sneakers, because a lot of the sneaker resellers that are so big, and that's how I became a millionaire, right, from selling sneakers, by selling my kicks. All these Jordan collectors and sneaker collectors, they have now migrated to the sports card game because mm -hmm. that's where the money, the money's been good, right? Now the issue is this. Guys who are reselling in general, a lot of these guys can't afford to keep $200 in, in, in rotating somewhere. 300 400 which is not, you know, ain't shit to me, right? Mm. And I'm not saying that in a tone-deaf way. I'm just saying in a real business way. So, like, they have to give up something that could potentially be worth money because they can't let it hold. 
Now, in stocks, yes, there's a short game. There's, there's day trading here and there. But the long game is where the money is, right? If you invested in 10 grand in Netflix 10 years ago, you know what I'm saying? You'd be a billionaire right now, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at it more in a long game. I look at it, hey, man, I'm not. How about I want to forget about it? That's the best thing to do. Forget about it. Mm. Like I put 10 grand here or 20 grand here. Boom. Oh, shit. Look where that shit went. And when I bought into Bitcoin, you know, when it dipped a little bit, I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. Mm. And I bought in at $3,800. It's like fucking over 50 grand right now, bro. Do you know what I mean? And I have a good amount of coins. I had a shitload back in the day. But, you know, I I hate living in regret. Mm. With baseball cards and basketball and football cards, you get into things. The only problem is... It is so saturated now, it's difficult. Right. So where my money comes in is investing in myself. I have my own cards with Tops. My card uh, last year in the Project 2020 was the highest selling card. I have hobby boxes with Tops that was the, the hottest box that was out. I'm doing another one this year. I have this project now. So my thing is doing merch and selling autographs and things like that. And that's where my money is coming from. So, you know, I'm not buying as many cards anymore. If anything, I would invest, invest in vintage cards mm. that I thought were hot. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. What about, you know, like, would you buy m- more Bitcoin right now? Like, do you, do you feel like that's a worthwhile investment? I feel like almost everybody seems to agree it is a good investment right now. But how much does it sneak out of you in your mind? I'm going to go sink a couple million into this just to. I don't think so anymore. No. I, I, I kind of have a good amount in there. And I feel like now. Um, Fuck, it's just too high to buy right now for me, man. You know right. what I mean? I mean, it's, but again, you don't have to spend. People don't understand. You don't have to spend fifty thousand to buy a bitcoin. Right. You could buy one fifteenth of a bitcoin. Right. You could buy one hundredth of it. You know, whatever. It's it's what you could afford. You know. But um, is it good? I mean, I guess I don't really give people business tips like that. You know, I just mm-hmm. know what worked for me. Right. And what worked for me not might not work for you. And I don't want to be responsible for anybody losing and shit. You know what I mean? Do you have financial goals though? Do you like have like some some number that just exists in your head? Like I want to be worth. Okay, so. This. When I was like 2005, 2006, I, I, I had aspirations of trying to become a billionaire. Right. Nah, man. Um, um, I think I'm like probably, I'm close. I think like nine more million and I'm done. Right. And I'm just on a fixed income. I mean, I have obviously dividends coming from certain things, but I'm like not tripping. But what, what are you really going to do once you stop working, right? Honestly? Like hanging out with the family's good, but you can't just... Sit around and stare at your kid all day, right? It's three kids, though. It's not three, one. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's three. It's, 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 it's one. Each one is a full-time job. And my kid doesn't really do anything yet. Yeah. And my kids are all out of control. My kid's off the hook. Right. You know, they're fucking crazy. They fight the whole nine. Um, more so, I would love to travel with them mm. as much as possible. I bought an RV, bro. You know what I mean? And I right. fucking spent a shitload of money on this RV. Every weekend, we're gone. We travel in the mountains and fucking up the coast, wherever. I'm going to take them when it gets warm. I'm going to take them to Grand Canyon, to uh, Yellowstone Park, and take them to Montana and Utah and Portland and just go see the world until the pandemic starts. And when that starts, you know, they all have passports. Mm. We're going to go see the world. I want them to be worldly. I want them to understand and interact with different cultures and things. So that's just where I'm at, bro. You know, I'm, I'm not chasing any of the shit that all these other, you know, it's just where I'm at in life. But that kind of reveals a lot of like what's wrong with how we view life. Because if Ben Baller takes off in the RV for six months with his family and his kids, they're going to say Ben Baller fell off. So what? You know, but it's yeah. like, it's hard for like really young people to understand. I get that. But look the at value they'll of be slowing like, it down. Chameleonaire, they think he fell off. The motherfucker's worth a hundred million dollars or something, even more than that. Right. You know, like I was shocked to death when I seen Chameleonaire. 
as, of all games, you know, you look at things and some people don't look at things the same way. Mm. Their, their, their idea of success is, damn, a dude has a Goyard bag. He has a Louis wallet. He has a, a, a AP watch, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's legit. Right. Okay. When you see how someone's living in a certain way, meaning if, look, someone's spending money on a watch, 40 grand on a watch, in a way it's warranted. I, I, could, I could justify that, you know, because uh, that watch, you might be able to sell it for more than 40, but at the very least, you could wear that watch. If you lost 10%, guess what? You got to wear a Rolex for two or three years for, for you know, 20 bucks a month. Right. And sell it, boom, you have money. You're just putting your money in a different place. When you're talking about how someone lives, you know, when you see somebody sitting game seven at Oracle Arena floor courtside, you know, those are fifty to $100,000 seats each. Mm. So, you know, I'm like, okay, what's Chameleon doing now? Because, you know, something is up, right? He's in the heart attack. They call that billionaire's row, and he's there. And then I did this little power summon with Snoop, and we talked. And I, was, I saw Chameleon, and we started talking, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, he was a really hot rapper at one point. He was wearing jewelry and stuff. Now he's in, you know, in Silicon Valley, just killing it. Right. For him, though, it might be kind of like a, a marketing problem in the sense that I feel like if he wanted the rap world to know how successful he is outside of the rap world, that he could probably do more to communicate that. Like, he, he should be on The Breakfast Club talking about, I made this amount of money doing this, this, and this. You know, I feel like he might, he might have a PR problem. He should invest in that more, perhaps. So you think that? Okay, well, yeah, I mean... I don't know, man. I mean, look, I know... He could I, come on here and we could talk about that all day. Yeah. So I said what I said, but at the same time, you know how you're like, oh, well, if you just take off for six months. When I'm ready to do that, one of my dreams is to delete all my social media. Mm. That's a dream. So I wouldn't give a fuck at that point, right? I wouldn't care. A dream. It is a dream. It's something because it's something that I'm addicted to, but it's because I know that there's money there and certain things and mm. there's, you know whatever it's, it's my entertainment it's my idiot box like the tv back in the day but now i wouldn't go a week or two without being in you know in the mix somehow somehow some way telling people what's going on i have a podcast whatever and let people know i'm on all the platforms except for tiktok because i like to fucking dance and do stupid ass skits you don't have to dance on tiktok okay, i have a tiktok follow adam 22 on tiktok it's not you're still a lot younger than me bro yeah but i'm still pretty old and we're i'm just saying you don't have to dance there's a video thing I've, I've seen so much creative shit on tiktok like i've seen guys who just they go to different like little like taco spots and like food carts and shit like that and they'll make these amazingly produced little like one minute videos of just the the this old mexican lady creating this this taco from scratch and, and <laughs> filling it up with everything and then him taking the bite of it and it's like this amazing little 60 seconds of just showing you right. this person's business and, and when i saw that i'm like TikTok is fucked, but it's pretty cool how you can just sort of cram no, man, all God, this information into this little, you know, it's, it's a fun app. God bless them. Fuck them too, though, you know? Like, I don't know. Just... <laughs> <clears throat> Hopefully you don't get offended by this, but have you seen Bling Empire? I have not. Oh, my God. I, I, I refuse to. I watched like three or four episodes. I was I, astounded. I yeah. I'm not going to watch it. Um, I, uh, I know two people on the show. Okay. Uh. I won't even say in what capacity. Um, they're probably your clients, huh? No. They're, no? They're, they're two of the girls on the show. Okay. Kim Lee. Yeah, I've known Kim for 16 years, maybe. She's she's yeah. bad. I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah, she's cool. <laughs> okay. I've known Kim for a long time, you know, so okay. it's just funny. Um, I saw an old picture of her from way, way back in the day. 
Um, I don't want to be a part of just, I just I had to see the trailer and the trailer was enough to be like, yo man, I don't want to be associated with this. It's not really, but that's cool for them, you know? Like I'm a person who, I just decided at a certain point that I just don't want, I'm not going to do this fancy cars. I'm not going to do jewelry. I just don't give a fuck. I'm not going to, I'm not going to even dip my toe in. You're someone who has certainly made a name for yourself off a lot of that. This show really takes it to an extent that I just find kind of disgusting. Just the way that they talk about brand names and just spending ridiculous amounts of money. And it is like the fakest reality show you've ever fucking seen. Like it's just everything is completely. I don't even think to be real with you. Calling it a reality show. I, I was like, this is like The Office. This is cool. as much of a reality show as The Office is. <laughs> I don't think, to tell you, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think a lot of those people really have that same bread, too. Mm. And I'm not counting pockets. I'm just telling you. Like, I just. But that's the funny thing about it is that there are people who are, like, clearly the, the rich people. And they're, like, older and unattractive. And then you have, like, the hot model type people who also are sort of inserted into this. And they're, and they're all like, oh, my God, there's so much money. This, this car costs this much. That's so crazy. $1,000 shoes. Wow. They're the ones you're supposed to relate to. As so why do you, how many episodes do exist, you know? I think it was like three, four episodes. It's how like many love episodes? and hip-hop for Asians. Is it really? There's fighting and shit? Nothing, nothing like too violent yet. I think somebody like threw something at somebody and like fucked their saying, jacket how, up a little bit. Are there like six, seven episodes? How many episodes There's are there? There's seven episodes, I think, in the first season. And you're going to actually continue it? I might, but me and my girl started watching the, the British Bake Off show instead. <laughs> And I, we found that a lot more enjoyable because these these English people making cakes and shit—they're so humble. It's amazing. They're so low key. The humor's so dry. I'm like, I like this more than these ridiculously wealthy Asian people. That I feel like it's just so fake. Yeah, that's just not that's just not my thing. Right. It was crazy. Uh, there, are you on Clubhouse? I have it, but I haven't actually used it. There's like this fucking Bling Empire uh, chat room with mm -hmm. all the fucking stars of the show, and. I didn't know how Clubhouse works. When you go in, they see you, right? Whatever, boom. Mm. And so you can't really like whatever. So I go in and I'm just trying to see what the fuck was going on. I was just curious to see if I could just kind of creep. There's no creep mode, right? There's no stealth mode. Right. And immediately, one of the moderators brings me up to talk on stage. I was like, yeah, let me leave. I'll peace. Peace. I'm out of here. I was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm about to try to. I'm sure they fuck with me. You know what I mean? I just don't. And again, it's just, that's just not for me. That's all. Some people, it's two different things. Like you can have nice things, but then sometimes you see people who, have nice things and it's so transparent that they're using these nice things to cover up for the fact that they have no personality and that they're just not interesting people okay i'll put you in a different category like i know you like nice things you like cars whatever but you are like you have an interesting life you have something to say thank you a lot of these people on this like bling empire show it just occurs to me that like <laughs> without all the materialistic shit they're just nothing they're just they're, right. they're you know and also what's this with the cheek fucking fillers on dudes yeah it's Get so funny. Get the fuck out of here. Come yeah. on. My mom was like, yo, that guy has fillers in his... I was like, what guy? And I was like, oh, my Lord. But yeah. again, you know, whatever, man. That's, that's what makes him happy, bro. It's, it's, yeah. you know, but that's the biggest compliment you ever give me, ever, to tell you the truth. Huh. I mean, you wouldn't be able to... Like, I can't imagine the majority of those people on that show being able to even just have a podcast. I don't know. They couldn't have the, they don't have the attention span. <laughs> right. Or just, there's not a lot going on up there, I think. Yeah. I don't know. But like, uh, how much of... What hole in your your soul is the podcast filling for you? Like, does does it does it make you feel like does it does it satisfy some internal urge that you have? Damn. So, what's crazy is when I said I just want to give up and do nothing. Right. You would still keep doing that. I would still do podcasting. It's 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 been something that like, look, man, I love the fact that I can kind of stick to a schedule 
keeps things in order. I drop every Monday and Thursday, you know, and I just want to kind of like, you know, um, and again, I'm not knocking what you do, bro. I really, I tell you the truth, Adam, in the last couple of years, I've respected some things that you do way more than I think that the public would, would, would know. You don't even care to, to explain it, which is cool. But with the podcast, it's professionally edited in something. I just feel like I'm a part of something that, that where I can really express who I am and I can articulate it much better then when you send a tweet out, hmm. you know, I mean, the easiest way to misconstrue or misunderstand or, or, you know, anything is via text or a tweet or something like that. Right. So if I'm like, like, you're like, you're like, oh, man, I just fucking, um, you know, uh, uh, I just fucked 15 bitches. And I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck you. How do I say, like, really in context, right? People would be like, why are you being a hater? Why you say fuck you to Adam? And I just feel like in the podcast, there's no misunderstanding me at that point. Right. I don't edit. I don't apologize to people. You know, I said what I said, and that's what it is. Mm. Um, I don't get too crazy. Depends. I usually calm down by the time I do it, you know. And um, the podcast feels, it fills a, a pretty big hole. You know, it's something, it's, it's, it's I used to blog back in the day, mm. and the blog was popular. Now this is something where I feel like, all right, well, great. When I started podcasting, there were 700-something thousand podcasts registered to the iOS. Right now, there's over a million. Wow. And everyone has one, right? Are they current? Some people do once every three months here and there, whatever. I want to have consistency and I wanted to talk about what's going on in my life. Is it interesting? Cool. If it's not, don't fucking subscribe. Mm. You know, but these are my opinions and certain things. And I've helped a lot of people out during those times, you know. You have a kind of like a phone sex operator type of delivery on there. <laughs> in particular, when you're doing the underwear ads. I'm just like, damn, <laughs> this dude's talking dirty into my ear right now. <laughs> Oh, fuck, man. It's like an ASMR type thing. Fuck you. No? <laughs> no. I don't know. That's just that's, this is the vibe that, that I got from it. Right. Right. What else you got there in your little notes, man? Um, You know, I have a lot of stuff. You know what I had to Google while I was, uh, while I was uh, listening to your thing? I had oh, to so. Google bear bricks. Okay. I didn't know what that was, but now I know. It's those bear things you have all over your basement. Motherfucker, you've... Been to my place before. You've seen right, but it. I didn't know that that's what that was called. Okay. At first, I thought you were talking about like a bare brick wall where you could like see the bricks <laughs> in the wall. And I'm like, then I was starting to put it together. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Why is he talking about selling the bricks in his wall? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, bare bricks, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of collecting, like collecting cars, collecting shoes and things. Mm. Um, it's something I always liked. I just liked doing it. I thought they looked cool. Right. And then it became kind of an exception and I built the wall. And then my son was born. I moved into a, a condo downtown in a high rise. There was no space for them. So I had a gallery showing, boom. Most so you of them had are, your house and then you also had a condo downtown? Um, this is a while back, but, oh, I, but okay. I, I, have, I, have, I have multiple properties, yeah. But I'm just saying like, this was something where, um, you know, at the time I was like, hey man, all right, uh, this is gonna be maybe a hundred grand. You know, I invested very little money into this and boom. Now those are like Bitcoin. Those, really? those, I'll never be able to get those back. And those things are worth so much money now. They're, they're worth way more money, right? So I decided to build a collection when I finally built something. Like I built a home from scratch, right? And boom. And I had that room. And I just started adding on to it. And Laura was like, holy shit, I can't believe what's there now. If you see right. the updated version of it. And, you know, um, a lot of those things have been gifted from companies, corporations, friends. Right. And one thing about those is I have maybe 60, 70 grand invested in them, right? That mm. I bought because I like them the way they look. And uh, it's, part of, it's part of me now. I feel like it's part of my life. I've been pushing these things for 20 years. Bro, the thing's worth over half a million dollars. You know, it's a pretty good return. You know, right. it's, it's decent for I, fun. How do you have that many toys in your basement and your kids don't just play with them? 
then I allow down there to fuck around. Like they oh. just, yeah. So it's like that's like they really aren't allowed down there. No, I mean they, they, there's just too much shit down there for them to fuck up. Right. They know. That makes sense. Yeah. Like they they they, they like they know that they'll fuck up here. And they just know that don't fuck with that. Right. That and the cars, they know don't fuck with that. That's cool that your kids have boundaries. <laughs> they don't really. I'm always seeing pictures of people like with their shit destroyed by kids. Like yeah. their kids will like take their makeup collection and just destroy it and it's just completely My son destroyed some of my wife's makeup today. I didn't know how much it cost. I was like, babe, I'll fucking cover it. Don't worry about it. Right. And I was like, that shit cost that much? I was like, fuck, man. And then I got mad. It was literally an hour before I came here. Wow. How yeah. much was it? It was like maybe like six hundred bucks, but it was like small little shit. You're not thinking of dropping a pallet? No. <laughs> no. It's a big business now. Yeah. Have you ever had Jeffy Star on your show before? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay. I'm just curious. I feel like people would that might be a little weird. I don't know if he. I don't know if he'd want to, and I don't know if I'd want to. Yeah, I don't know, man. You I don't said, know him? No. You know, people hit me up like, "Hey, man, uh, you should hook up with the Jeffy Star because he buys a lot of jewelry. Pause. We can connect." Yeah, and I'm like, "No, nah, I'm cool. I'm straight. Right. I'm good." Mm. One time it was funny, man, because TV Johnny did jewelry for him, right? Right. And you see the comments, people are like, "That's when you know TV Johnny don't give a fuck. He's in his bag. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know he's about his business. He don't give a fuck." Mm. And that's a funny thing, you know. It's, it's true. It's a very, very true assumption of, of Johnny. Sauce Walker said that he lost respect for you because you were talking down on Johnny. Thoughts? I don't think Sauce understood the context of the thing because me and me and Sauce have talked quite a bit in the last 60 days. Mm. And uh, he has shown me a lot of love and a lot of respect. Right. I think, if anything, he was more so defending his boy and defending Houston. And he didn't know the context of why my issue with Johnny was what it was because Johnny was stealing pictures from my website and posting on his and saying that they were his items. I'm like, bro, don't blame this on your brother, Kevin. Motherfucker, that's my desk. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's on my desk. What do you mean, man? And it's like, just tvjohnny.net. I'm like, bro, that's that's my desk. Uh-huh. Like, come on, bro, stop this shit, you know? And at the end of the day, man, I'll never knock Johnny for his hustle. You know, it was just a certain level of quality I just felt like he was doing. But whatever, that's that's what he's good at, and it's fine. As far as Sauce Walker, I don't really know. I don't really, I didn't really know dude, right? Uh-huh. I started to find it. I have, I have ties in Houston. Started finding out about dude and everything, and, you know, I think he was hilarious. You know, you guys posted a, um, his video rants recently, and, um, you know, I don't know how the fuck I even got involved. Smart guy, but really knows how to throw on his wrestler persona for an Instagram yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had, I could do that. I just really, it's Adam 22, bitch. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I can't, like, be, like, a different person on camera. It's hard for, and I, I watch other yeah. people do it, and I find it really fascinating, but it would be tough for me to do that. Yeah, that, I, I feel you on that. Like, I see people sometimes on podcasts, but, hey, how you doing, man? Yeah. This is Laura, and we are going to talk about makeup today and skincare and da-da-da-da-da, this and that. Oh, my God. And then you see in real life, she's like, yeah, what's up, man? Okay, yeah. That's, that's just. But that's what sucks about being old, because I can remember, I, or I could imagine a young Ben Baller, like, on Instagram, like, yeah, you see the watch, you see the chains, you but see you the s- Gucci. But if you go back 10 years, you'll see those videos. I did I that type of shit. But it's, it's hard just, to do that when you're a grown man, huh? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, when you were saying shit earlier... If I was 21 and had the money I have right now, right. bro, forget oh about it, bro. God, you couldn't yeah. even fucking, bro, I'd have, a, I'd have HIV twice probably. <laughs> I'd, I'd like, it'd just be a different, it just, yeah, just, you know, like I, I, for my kids and for my family, because I started realizing like, look, man, internet's forever pretty, pretty much. My kids are starting to watch YouTube and see my things and I don't want to, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's an awkward thing, you know, especially at school when the kids, they'd be like, oh man, I heard your dad's famous and blah, blah, blah. I'm not famous. Right. Do not ever. We don't have anything. We don't have any money. We're not rich. You tell your kids that. I try to, but 
But you know, they, they go to friends' houses. They're like, hey, man, how come their house is small? I'm like, their house is not small. Mm. That's not small. They don't understand. You know, they're just going off. And they're being honest, right? They're just saying, hey, you know. Right. And, um, you know, I, I just don't want them. You know, they, they have a lot of love. Right. You know, they don't wear Gucci and shit like that. They don't like that's not, you know, they wear normal clothes. Right. I try to keep it as, you know, but I mean, of course, you know, it's, it's hard to be regular when you have. So I try to, I'm trying to do more regular things. Really? Yeah. Like the RV type stuff. RV, but see, at the same time, it's a fucking quarter million dollar RV. You know, yeah. they don't know that. That's true. But, but like, it's, you know, it's like you're not staying in the, the presidential suite in a hotel. You're like, you know, the RV is I mean, a little bit more. They've got, they got used to that lifestyle too. And they started getting, you know, start getting spoiled and stuff and certain things. And, you know, um, I just want them to, to try to be okay. Cause like, you know, there's things that they get and their friends don't get. And I feel bad, right. you know, especially during these times. I don't want them to, to their friends to feel awkward or something. So, you know, um, I just, you know, it, I just, that's one thing that people probably don't know that I just, I try to keep humble with the kids and, but you know, I go to Target, I try to do as much as I can. It just, as corny as this sounds, more so than ever now, I am the most recognized I've ever been. So it's not exactly easy to just be out. Like I really, it just becomes, Hey man, can you like, right. I, I've never, I can't imagine now being an Eminem, being somebody else. I get bothered every single fucking time i'm out anyway right. i don't give a fuck where i'm at and does it rub you the wrong way in particular when you're with your kids it does when i'm eating uh, eating pisses me off yeah yeah like, and because you linger know, around the outdoor section of the cheesecake factory do not fucking talk to me when i'm with my kid or with my family sorry yeah or when there's fries entering my mouth yeah and um you know way back in the day i mean i've known tyler since he was fucking a teenager right he's he's way too famous he can't and, go to the cheesecake factory and, um, you know, when he started to get famous, he started, you know, he has his private page and he would say things and whatever. But he's like, no, I didn't want to fucking eat my food. I, of course, I wanted to eat food cold and boom. And he just said certain things. And I realized, you know, we were just out. Was it last weekend, do you know, or was it two weeks ago? Where? Malibu? Two weeks ago. Yeah. So me and Tyler went out to, to, this, to, this, to this place to drive. And he was, uh, he, it was one of the very places, a few places he can go to and just be normal. Or not be normal necessarily. He looked like fucking the legend of Bagger Vance. He looked like a fucking, like a, he looked like a black 1940 golfer. Like he looked crazy as hell. But, you know, that's how he dresses. It's cool. But um, when he said that at that point in his career, that was, a quite, that was quite a while back, maybe like eight, nine years ago, I felt like, all right, well, maybe I shouldn't be. Because my wife's like, you know, you should try to sign whatever. Or, or you know, because um, now with everything, anywhere I go, people have baseball cards. Mm. Hey, man, can you sign this? Because my card, my autograph is worth money. I know it sounds silly, but... You can go to my website and see that everything's sold out. It ain't like, you know, a couple I'm talking about. There's a lot of fucking autographs on there for thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So I try to take pictures as much as I can. The only thing is during the pandemic when things kind of opened up and once in a while we will go out as a family, I don't want people next to me, mm -hmm. you know, for yeah, obvious especially reasons. Especially with that, that makes it weird too. Yeah. Now you have a reason to not want people all up in your shit. Yeah, and you know, and so with London and whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a... Uh, it's a it's a weird thing that I have to finally for the I, I I pride I took pride in being in L.A. in the hood, off Slauson, and never needed security. Right. Was never you know what I'm saying part of a bike gang, respected, always never have never been pressed in my life ever not once, never had any issues, and I think you know it it for the internet whatever they might not know that, but the real people in the streets they're they're kind of like oh shit you know how do you think Ben navigated through. Slossing and all that shit, never had an issue with it. Makes you wonder, you know. But uh, back to Sauce, I mean, Sauce is a cool dude. He's, he's a real, uh, he's a character. And the people I talk to that know him and stuff, they're like, yo, bro, he actually does that shit in one take. Right. Like, turn the mic on, boom. He's like, oh, no, you didn't, motherfucker, you know. 
think he's funny. You know, I got no beef with, with, with Sauce Walker at all. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> would you, if you, if your kid was like, you know, 16 tomorrow, would you want him to get a regular job? <sighs> Define regular. Supermarket. Does, does, not a regular job if you like intern for Jimmy Iovine. The thing is this. I don't know where I'll be. Mm. So let's say that's 10 years from now, right? Or for the other, for the other kid, it'll be, it'll be uh, seven years from now. Mm. I assume financially I'll be still set, but I feel like the backlash of someone saying like, yo, why the fuck do you work, man? Your dad's rich. Right. Do you know? And kind of like weird thing like that. So I think the internship, not necessarily the internship, but somewhere where he could be maybe at least maybe like a, a cool streetwear store and work it, work it on some shit or something. Well, you know. don't have to be presented to all the fucking cretins that are just going to happen to pop up on you there. Not that they're all cretins, obviously. There's plenty of good people at the Vons, but... Yeah. It's like weird to want to think about exposing your kid to that much randomness and knowing, in particular, if they're high profile in any way, you know, if they even like been on dad's Instagram a few times and stuff, it might yeah. be the kind of attention that Put you... Put it this way. Every one of my kids' teachers know who's who I am before, mm -hmm. like as soon as I walk, boom, and they just out of professionalism, they don't say anything, but a lot of kids know, boom, they'll say things. But it's like, yo, man, fucking, um, fuck's his name, man. Jesus Christ, I can't think of it. Um, he was in SWAT, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner's son goes to my school, you know, and like, some people are like, those are fucking celebrities. I'm not a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to them. But these kids grow up in a world where, you know, when my son graduated kindergarten, every kid said what they want to be for a living. He's like, oh, I want to be a fireman. Oh, I want to be an astronaut, blah, blah, whatever. 27 out of 30 kids said they want to be YouTubers. Oh, yeah, I heard it that. It fucked me up. That's fucked up. I, it was fucked up. And I told my son, I said, don't you ever say that shit, even though he's addicted to YouTube and gaming and stuff. But I don't know. I do want to have some, I want, I want them to have some sort of job. I want them to understand where money is. But at the same time, you know, they have a trust. Mm. I created a trust for them. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. I just want them to be good. I don't want them to go out and, you know, um, I don't know if this sounds tone deaf. Like, I want my son to have a cool, maybe like a Jeep. Mm. Maybe if he does really good in school academically, I get him a BMW, you know. But And that's quite a bit still. But I remember going to school and, you know, I was the brokest kid there and motherfuckers would have cars and shit and I'd have a car. Mm. That kind of made me salty. It's really, really hard when you think about dudes who have rich, famous dads, it's very hard to be taken seriously. Very true. There's a few people who've done it. Jaden Smith is one of them. He's... he's, But he's it's an uphill battle for him, too. You know? Like, people are not eager to treat him like he is this organically crafted musical genius or whatever. You can imagine that if Jaden Smith popped out and didn't have a famous dad, that the reception to him might have been a lot less critical, a lot less eager to find flaws, don't you think? Right. And maybe he might not have made it mm. as far as whatever. I mean, it's, it's I don't know, it's tough. I, I mean, bro, look, people say, oh, I didn't ask for this life, blah, blah, whatever. I can't say that because I'm out there going, look at my watch. You, you know, did blah, everything. Blah, to, yeah, we all yeah. We, we did everything <laughs> to get to this point. <laughs> but you know what's different, too, is that if, if I feel like if you're a girl, and you have like a rich, famous dad or whatever, and you're like an attractive 19 year old girl. Facts. Everybody, she, she's famous. We fuck with her. She's inspirational. She started her own sock company. Wow. She's amazing. A billion percent <laughs> facts. That's real, bro. That's it's real. real. Yeah, we just we don't hold women to that high of a standard of what they, but with men, it's like we still are kind of married to this idea, and me and you are both like indicative of it, but 
this idea of a guy coming from nothing and creating a business worth millions of dollars from his own ingenuity and hard work. Everybody just, it, it's not just that we respect guys who do that, but you have to do that. Or, or the people are just going to look at you like you're a weirdo. You came from money. Who cares? True. No, at it's, least it's, in it's, our it's, world. Yeah, no, it's, it's real. Let me, in, in let me, politics, let me ask you something related but. to that, right? Let me just ask you just, just related to that, okay? Two things, a two-part question. And you're like, I don't know, bro. I haven't seen you laugh ever. So, like, I don't know if things like, like, would stand up comedy make you laugh or anything. Like, that's a bullshit laugh. I'm talking about, I mean, like, I, I, like I, seeing I, you, like, crack up certain things. You're just, oh, I laugh. Like, I'm saying, like, um, you're just the type of dude, like, if someone decided to break in here right now and he had a fucking, it could be an 18-inch dick or a 2-inch dick and pulled it out, you wouldn't laugh. You wouldn't really have much of expressions. Like, you're just a chill dude. You'd be like, man, get this guy the fuck out of here. I'll, I'll just die silently. <laughs> okay, so what I'm getting at is, you know, you're going to be real with me if I ask you this, right? So, sure. one, first part. Would you consider myself me? I'm not struggling my ego. I'm just being honest. Do you think in any in, in, in whatever shape form the, the te- definition is today in 2021, would you consider me a celebrity? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Part two question is, is it warranted? Yeah. I mean, if you're famous enough, then you're a celebrity. In fact, I, when I was discussing you with uh, one of my buddies, he was like, and he's Asian. He was just saying, he's like, you know, it's like, it is weird, but Ben Baller is like the Asian hip-hop celebrity, and it's pretty much been that for, like, my whole adult life. Right. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, some people will be like, oh, man, you did this and this and this. And I'm like, no, motherfucker. I feel like that's a weird word, so I never, ever use myself. I've never used I've, two things I've never said about myself, okay? This is facts. You can Google it, whatever, or try to find it. I've never, ever said I was rich. I've never said that. Like, oh, I'm rich or blah, blah. I've never said it, mm. the actual term. Two, I would never use that word celebrity with my name ever, not once, never. But I was just asking because some people were like, no, nah, man, that dude's just famous because he was trolling people. Like, I don't know, like, I'm just saying like a, like a Selena or whatever or someone. I mean, would you consider Selena Powell a celebrity? Well, at that point, I think you need to start looking at, you know, a celebrity in what realm. But then to a certain extent, I mean, like, I've seen like memes of, of Selena with like, you know, 50,000 fucking likes on Twitter. And it's like kind of hard for me. If there's a joke about you and 50,000 people got the joke enough to like it on Twitter, that means there's a lot of fucking people who know you are. And I okay. mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, of course, she's not a celebrity in like the traditional sense of the word, but it's like even minor player figures like her are capable of like being known of by so many millions of people now that it's, it is a fucking weird landscape. I just right. wanted you to break that down right there. Just so people understood the depth, do you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and uh, at least people, you understand their separation and you were able to articulate that. Mm. That was it. That was my only question. Yeah, no, I mean, and nowadays it's like, you know, you got all these TikTokers who got millions and millions, 20 million fucking followers on TikTok, but then, they could still like 99% of society is completely oblivious. And even just in America, because when you go to other countries, that's when you really start to realize, you know, I went to Japan for a week and I had like three people take photos of me and they were all basically like American (laughs) or like (laughs) English speakers, you know? And like even, but then I had a conversation with PewDiePie or or not directly, but it was in like a a group chat or whatever. And he said that Japan's his favorite place because he can just go there and like nobody gives a fuck about him. And he's, hundred times more famous than me. Yeah. I mean, but Asia is like, I get stopped anywhere I'm in Asia and it's weird, right? Like even China is so much bigger than America. 
Right. And uh, Maybe wherever you go I go, to France or something. Even know, France, you I'm. You know, I have to go to like random places. I mean, I was in fucking Oslo, Norway. Right. And people are like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me, dude." <laughs> I feel like uh, Asia is where most Americans can escape to. So no, for sure. If they, if they don't want to be known. I'm just saying, like here, you, you don't have that luxury. If I'm at fucking Coffee Bean or something or whatever, and or somewhere I want to be at and I want to geotag it. I'm already gone by the time I geotag. You know what I'm saying? I post it, mm. boom. It's geotagged in the photo, so I just, I'm gone. In Norway, I geotagged at some coffee shop, and next thing you know, like 15 kids showed up. And I was mm. like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Right. In Oslo? Really? But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I was like, just curious about. One thing I wanted to ask you about is I saw that you were reaching out to uh, FaZe Rain when he was going through his struggles with uh, opiates, which I'm not sure exactly where he is on that in right now like current times uh, how well he's doing but you know you had your uh, your own struggles with lean and everything uh what made you want to reach out to him and how often do you find yourself doing that since there's obviously a fucking huge opiate crisis in america fuck man so norton is like my unofficial son nephew what do you want to call it i don't think i'm past big homie because i'm old enough to be his dad legitimately right mm. We became friends. Um, my cousin, who runs the the rec- regular business of the, the jewelry business, decided like, "Hey, man, we're gonna make this phase chain, blah blah, whatever." I was like, "Okay, am I doing it?" He was like, "No, we'll do it." I was like, "Okay, cool." That he wanted to meet me, so we meet at this restaurant in downtown. Boom, him and uh, this guy Tiku, mm-hmm. Tiko, and a great guy. I love. I'm, I'm part. I'm, I'm I'm a member of Phase Clan, right? So love these guys. Boom, and, and we're hanging out. And uh, some reason, for some reason, Norn just took a liking to me. I guess he looked up to me certain things, and I didn't know. I think he found some old footage of all my lean days and posted the pictures, all that shit and everything. And I, don't I know searched Ben Baller Lean on YouTube and I couldn't find any like cool Ben Baller Lean footage, unfortunately. Now that shit's deleted. It's probably deleted like around 2011 or 12. flexing some pints. That'd be fucking yeah. hilarious. I mean, bro, I posted, you know, mad pints, right? I posted one thing and it was a yeah. huge thing. I just want to see you fucking flexing like 14 pints. I got, oh, dude, I had so many. So going on, um, you know, he hit me up and uh, even my assistant. How long ago was that you went over to drop off? Yeah, so like, he's he's better. He has nerve damage now, so it's driving him crazy, and that's creating some more mental issues, and he's already like, you know, kind of uh, in a state of depression a little bit for whatever reason that I don't want to discuss, but, um, you know, he's good, and and I I try to help him out. I say, hey, listen, just understand this. This right here, there's no happy ending to this story right here. Mm. You will die. You know, talking about my best friend of my entire life, Jonas, founder of LRG. He died, you know, like you talk about these things. One thing that I did realize is when I posted that lean photo way back, that was, I don't know, maybe four years ago, I didn't think it was going to get that many comments, that many people commenting here and there. And one person who reached out to me now that I'm pretty bummed out about is Juice World. Wow. And he goes, yo, let me ask you a question. I was like, oh, here we go. What chain, what watch, like what? And he goes, no, big homie. How did you kick lean? And I was like, dog, man, I know that sounds stupid as fuck, but I just kind of slowly, obviously tapered down. That was one thing. Mm. Number two, I started to taper down enough to where I was cool with drinking Sprite. Mm. I started eating a lot of Jolly Ranchers, a heavy amount of sugar. Because you're still hooked on the sugar. Yeah, regardless I, was, of I was eating a lot of Jolly Ranchers and a lot of sugar to get my mind off of things. Boom. Have flashbacks. Boom. You have to drink a shitload of Pedialyte because you're going to have diarrhea. You're going to be pissing out of your ass. There's all kinds of stuff. And I've been through all of it. I mean, you know, and just, and that's 
but then at the same time, you're going to have to slightly maybe take painkillers to lean off of the fucking codeine and the, the, you know, the, 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 the pain part of it. And then eventually to the point where you finally get to Tylenol, at least Tylenol can kind of, you know, but then acetaminophen, too much of that, it fucking kill you, right? Fuck your liver up. So I was just kind of break it down. I was like, well, what's up? And he's like, man, I got a problem, you know, like, fuck, man, I'm a big homie. I need some help. And I was like, dog, man, when you get a chance, you know, whatever, we could chop it up and I'll break it down to you. But yeah, man, I, I, you know, um, you know, before you decide, think of going to rehab, understand this. When you go to rehab, they're going to make you take a drug. Now, for some reason, for the life of me, I can't think of it right now. But that drug blocks your serotonin level, blocks everything. So let's just say, for instance, you took a gigantic dose of fentanyl or Oxycontin or whatever, it would do nothing to you. Mm. Because that thing has blocked all the fucking things in your brain for you to accept that, that drug. The problem is when you get out of rehab, if you relapse, your chance of dying or getting way worse is a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm like, I tell people, hey, man, rehab. For, for drinking all that, whatever, for drugs, it's a very, very special thing. You have to stop it forever. Opiates, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you, that shit's got to stop, right. period. And I've had too many people that I know have died from it. So when I told Norton that, you know, I had to keep expressing every day. It's like, hey, man, you know what, dude? Guess what? You're blessed. You're good. If you put yourself on a, you know, on a scale of, you know, how people are doing in the world, not Canada, where you're from, not America, not LA, it's how you're doing. Like, bro, you're going to be up here and you're going to realize that most of the world is down here. Every day is a great day, man. You got to see it for the next morning. You got to wake up and be like, dude, man, this is fucking amazing. Take a deep breath. And I always had to break this down on a daily basis to him, mm. you know? And during the pandemic, I'm like, fuck, man, I got to go to his house and deal with, you know, and, um, you know, I just kept repeatedly said, hey, man, life is good. Life is good. You know, no matter what you say, the best thing is to find out what's going to happen tomorrow. So you live for today, right? Find out what happens tomorrow and repeat and just, you know, got him in a better place. And if I got to go back and do it again, I'm going to do it again. Right. Yeah. But he's clean now, as far as you know, or <sighs> close journey to. Um, he sounded good yesterday. Uh, yeah, he, he, he didn't sound like he was, um, I don't know, man. You know, it's, <laughs> he's, he, he sounds like he's, he sounds like he's in a, he's in a good place. I've been in that position in my life where there's somebody close to me who was clearly, you know, dealing with some pretty serious addiction issues, whether it was alcohol or opiates or whatever. And then I've also been in the position of not doing enough and then they die. And then you feel like shit about it. I want to laugh about that. I thought about something totally different. Sorry, I don't want to put people no, no, in like you're right. a fucking dick. It's okay. You can laugh at my pain, Ben. No, no. I was uh, thinking about Black China, but go on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Shout out to her. Um, but, I mean, it's a tough decision because on one hand, if you know somebody who's struggling with addiction, chances are that if you try to push them in the direction of getting help and they're not ready to get help, that you're, you're talking to deaf ears. It is. But also, it could be dangerous, too. Right. You know? Not just dangerous from you know them pushing you and not thinking about it and just going deaf ears, but they they go and they weren't. I know it sounds crazy, but they weren't ready to go. So you know every day is just a fucked up situation. I mean, I, I don't know, man. With with rehab now, when I see them, these guys are making so much fucking money at rehab. It's ridiculous. They're really? making it, rehab ain't cheap, bro. Yeah. Rehab be like fucking fifty grand, sixty grand, hundred grand, but it's it's not cheap, like, especially how long you got to be there. Right. It's, it's, you know, they, they have a process, whatever, would it be two-step, three-step, eight-step, 12-step process. They get their money, get you, boom. Not saying they don't care about you. I'm just saying there's, there's, if, if they cared so much, it'd be a lot less money. Right. You know, so you go there, you're not ready, boom. And then guess what? Again, you go out 
when you relapse is when you die, bro. Mm. Mac Miller relapsed. After rehab, that's when he passed was I mean, I don't know how many, I don't know, I don't know how, how soon it was. I remember, but he helped me out when I was going through my pill addiction and stuff. And there was like a little private spot that wasn't far and it was discreet. Helped me out. And I always appreciated that. And then me and him had, to, had extensive conversations about, you know, addiction and stuff. He was like, yeah, man, this is just what it is. Boom. And then he wasn't even drinking or anything. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, like Mac is such a happy, good guy. I didn't want to like sit there and be like, yeah, you don't have a drink with me. Hmm. You're not going to have Jameson. You're Mr. Jameson. I just didn't even bring it up. When he started drinking again, in the back of my mind, I said, oh, shit, man. This might not be good. I, when it comes to, like, you know, sometimes I'll hear about, you know, uh, like, people's younger brother or sister or whatever, and they're, like, 16, and they've, like, done perks and shit, and it just scares <laughs> and And they're, like, not, you know, they, they should have enough money and enough, like, guidance from their parents to not have done that. That scares the fuck out of me. I, I remember talking to Juice World and him telling me that he was all fucking fried. He was on Xanax in high school and shit like that. That is one thing that I would be so upset if my kid was fucking around with pills at a young age. That or or really even like you know any age, I would be so upset that it's yeah. like I don't I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I would you you got to go to you got to join the, the military or something. The crazy thing is you could hide pills so easily, right? So you know, um, and Juice World was always such a nice guy. Like, it was crazy. He told me he followed me at 3,000 followers. When he had, like, 3,000 followers, he was following me. I didn't know he was following me that long. And then he had that song, The uh, the Dreams, Lucid Dreams, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And then, I, you know, heard it a ton of times. I was like, oh, shit. Then he became, like, an enormous celebrity. It was boom. And I just feel like I feel bad. I never linked up with him and all this other stuff because, you know, I was focused on my own family, you know. Mm. If everyone took care of their own direct responsibility, this world would be a different place. Yeah. I mean, it's just scary as fuck when you think about the Juice World thing because it's I mean this is like eight nine years after ASAP Yams, right? And even ASAP Yams is many and you know what like fifteen or not fifteen but like, like ten years after Pimp C. I mean we've just seen this so many times and it's it makes you feel like there's no solution in sight the, for getting this stuff to, to for kids to stop thinking that it's this cool right rite of passage that they have to go through right. in their life. Well, like. Look, Future said that he doesn't even do drugs like that, right? Just right. talks, he just raps about them, which is kind of weird. Um, with Juice World, from the situation that I, obviously the story said that he was trying to hide them, right? That's why he tra- he took so many pills. Bibby, for the record, denied that in the most recent Vlad interview, or at least through some skepticism. Oh, okay, that. okay, that I didn't know. So I'm not sure exactly if I believe that. Right. So I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I, I, you know, if he was trying to hide a shitload of pills, it also doesn't make any sense because why would you digest them? It's the worst thing you could do possibly. You, you know? That's what I didn't get about it, is like if, if there's going to be a Fed case for having all this illegal shit on the plane, then the fucking six Percocets in your pocket are going to be the last concern. Not to mention throw them on the ground. Say they're, they weren't yours. Oh, uh, true. Okay, you're the, yeah, you're so, the famous yeah. dude here. Like you, everybody else is going <laughs> to everybody else is going to take the charge with the six per- perks. Right. So right. you don't have to. Right. I don't OK. Know. I don't know. No, you're right. I just never really. I was happy when I saw that Bibby said that he didn't think that that was true because I always thought that it didn't make any sense and I just That's didn't. what I thought too though. Yeah. Especially when I mean, I mean, bro, so you used to fuck with pills then? Juice World? You. Oh, I mean, you know, I used to take Zans and fucking a little bit of, I actually never really, I took like half a perk one time. <laughs> I used to take a bunch of Zans though. Oh, okay. So you, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, it's just not, it's not a good way to live your life. 
But also, when I first got into doing these podcasts, I can't really, like, understate how common and popular it was to do Xanax, like, in L.A., like, on Melrose, that whole, like, scene. Like, it was just, like, so unbelievably normal. Like, people were giving me per- or giving me Zans, like, from the beginning of opening that store. It was right. totally normal. And my dumb ass was taking them, which is, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky I didn't have something happen to me. You have to understand, dude. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what? Oh, you got a cramp. I thought you hit your knee or something. My entire life. What'd you say? I thought you hit your knee. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, the cramp shit sucks. Oh my god, it's the first time I had a cramp in like ten years. Oh, I haven't god. woke up and had a cramp in my sleep in a long time, but I've had that happen to me in the past and it's a horrible oh, experience. Oh my god. That was fucked up. Now, now Laura's working out her legs like she thinks she might have oh, a cramp shit. as well. Hold on. I'm gonna try to finish this motherfucker. God damn, that shit hurt. Damn, that's some that's some crazy shit. Yeah. Um what I was going to say was, real quick, is Xanax is such... People don't get this about Xanax. If you take it for a period of time, like let's say for instance, you take it for more than 30 days or 60 days. Okay, let's just say you take it more than 60 days. Take a bar, a little bar here and there. If you don't take it for the, for the pretty much the rest of your life until you get professional health, you will have severe seizures right. from the withdrawals. It's the only one that does that. It's fucking vicious. Like, mm. I can deal with, like, you know when you don't take um, painkillers, opiates and stuff? You'll have diarrhea. You'll have uh, stomach issues, blah, blah, whatever. Eventually, as much as it sucks, you can see how the other shit, it'll give you fucking seizures. It'll give you anxiety. It'll make you fuck you up. Xanax is, is a vicious drug, dude. Right. Yeah. You were bad with that for a while? I wasn't bad with it, you know? I still, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If I'm on an over... Seven hour flight. I'm taking. A, I'm taking a, a quarter bar of Xanax. Quarter bar. Yeah. yeah. Which is very, a, that's a far cry from like going out and like drinking twelve beers and taking a couple of bars. Oh no 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 no! Never in a million years. <laughs> that I've was never. A different level. I've never taken even probably. I don't think I've even done more than half a bar in, in an entire twenty four hours ever in my yeah. life. It would be something just to be like, look, I hate flying and I fly so much. Let me just take this shit just to ease everything up and neutralize me. The thing that fucks me up about Xanax, like, that would make me not even want to take it for a flight is the fact that when I have any quantity of Xanax, I become, like, an insatiable food monster. And I will eat <laughs> I will eat anything and everything yeah. as soon as any element of that is introduced well, it to It makes my food taste so much better, too, you know what I mean? And so. it makes it so I will just eat everything. Like, I'll be buying Pringles from the fucking cart that comes by. Yeah. No nah, man, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a fucked up thing. Um, it's a nice little uh, little security blanket though if you fly. Yeah. Other than that, no, nah, you shouldn't. You know, it's a, it's dangerous. I feel it. Um, I wanted to ask you, what would you what would you do if you were leaving a nightclub and you spotted a rainbow-haired rapper pointing a camera at you, surrounded by a wall of security, taunting you and trying to engage you into some sort of confrontation? What would you do? Man, that's so crazy. You asked me this today. If you asked me this, like, even, like, maybe two years ago, I'd probably say I was in fear for my life, put my gun out and shoot the cops that are with them and shoot him, too. <laughs> you know, today? <sighs> Let the record show that in this situation, you yourself are also surrounded by security and presumably people with guns. Oh, man, yeah, no, I, I just, I just leave. You just keep up. walking, right? Yeah, I just keep, I wouldn't even fucking entertain it, bro. I wouldn't even, I would never fucking, I would laugh and just walk away from it, whatever. I've trolled Daniel before, you know what I mean? He's messaged me and DM, whatever, boom, here and there. But I don't, I don't think 
I don't rock with dude. I don't think his music anything, you know, special or whatever and blah, blah. blah. And I just honestly think it's like, I just, it, it's just, it's just now, it's just um, the hourglass. Mm. That time is running out, you know? And on top of that, dude, security is not cheap, man. Mm. You know, that is a fucking expensive motherfucking bill right there. So I don't know how much longer it goes. Right. I just don't understand how Meek Mill ended up taking so much shit from so many people for not being gangster enough in this situation when it just, it just seems so obvious to me that it was a setup, that it was a joke, that, you know, yeah, he could have gone to the extent of extreme violence, but I, I, I doubt that it even really occurred to him as a real possibility in that situation because... I do think, because I know Meek well enough, I, th- I think that Meek did think, though, like, bro, look, I was doing wheelies in New York City and I got arrested and I wouldn't put in jail. They put me in jail for that shit. For, right. You know, he's... One thing about him is when he was in jail, you could see how much he hated it. I mean, bro, anytime... I don't give a fuck if you were born or raised in the hood. When you get to experience Four Seasons, Mandarin Oriental, Peninsula lifestyle, you know, 1,200 thread count Egyptian cotton sheets and, you know, he has nothing but Rolls Royce and Bentleys and things like that. Why the fuck would you want to be in a cold ass cell with fucking staph infection and shit like that? You know, it's a different thing. Mm. I could just, I could just see it. He don't want to get back. He doesn't want to go back into fucking jail. Like, there's right. nothing wrong with that. Like, I, I try to avoid that shit. But at the same time, in the heat of the moment, sometimes, you know, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, I thought when I perceived that situation that he did. I was trying to think about. It. I'm like, what, what would Jay Z have done? Literally the exact same. He probably wouldn't have stopped to argue briefly. Like and he wouldn't, like have, he wouldn't have videotaped shit. He would just got in his car and just took off. This is true, too. But it's like any any real like boss who has something to lose, if you're in that situation where somebody's really trying to provoke you, somebody who has less, I mean, obviously 6ix9ine has a lot to lose, too, but he's not really acting like it. It's your duty to yourself and your family and everybody who cares about you, all the people that are employed by you, it's your duty to not act like a fucking idiot and get yourself in, and, and allow someone to bait you into a situation that's going to ruin your life. But he shouldn't even entertain it, that's all. Mm. He should have never even entertained it, you know. But whatever, again, I'm not meek, bro, and I don't have anything wrong with that. You know, I, I fuck with do. you know. It's, it's just uh, unfortunate. You know, people are going to... Look, man, if meek said two plus two equals four, they're going to be like, man, motherfucker, it's, that ain't four. You know, I don't know. They would just find something to, 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 to fuck with them on. Mm. Um, but I don't condone anything that fucking six nine does. Bro, you it know, seems so. kind of crazy to me that Meek somehow attracts this level of skepticism from so many people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was like the 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 everybody's everybody's guy. Everybody liked him for a long time there, and then it just feels like everybody like kind of not everybody, but there's just like a bunch of people just really rooting against him these days. Yeah, I mean, I, I got no issues with dude. Yeah, you know, me neither. I respect the way he handled that situation. Yeah. So, okay, Ben Baller, the business. What do you got going on right now that the world needs to know about? Anything in particular? Well, you know, obviously, I've turned Ben Baller, the chain, into a brand. Um, never in a million years did I think that would happen, but I've turned it into a brand. You know, I have gold item products that are exclusively available on network. Will they be there forever? I don't know. You love the network thing, huh? You've been I mean, doing serious numbers on there? I've been doing... <laughs> Bro, I'm making some serious fucking money but what about the network thing is so much better than just dropping it yourself the infrastructure the Mm. fulfillment center the 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 logistics of 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 all the stuff like believe it or not my assistant can ship out how many things can you ship out in a week you think it's like a thousand items you know what i'm saying that's just like one man and i have other people the only thing is this is somebody who has the keys to my house he's trustworthy around my kids he's i've known him for you know 10 years and certain things 
with network, it's a, it's a nice app. It's seamless. There's a good split. Um, a lot of people don't know Jimmy Iovine owns network. You know, he's a financer mm-hmm. people behind it. And uh, he's the one who helped me get my job with Dre or co-signed it to be stronger. And guy's a legend. And, um, you know, uh, we've actually went out and mentored trying to find items in China or whatever and try to get things done. When you have a machine and you have a team, you have other people doing this shit, it's so much easier working with these guys who know what the fuck they're doing than, than you know, trying to do it myself. Mm. It's not worth the extra maybe, let's say, if I cut them out, cost, whatever, it's not worth the extra 15 or 20%. Fuck that, mm. you know? And uh, we kind of, we both went in the situation. You know, they're building a bigger platform for shopping and things like that and being the QVC or home shopping network for cool shit on an app. You gave me this fridge and then people were showing me that it was already reselling for 1200 bucks on fucking, yeah. on the, the app. But you're going to use it, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> throw, some, throw some Red Bulls in there or some shit. <laughs> yeah. It's in the back house where I, I could see it all day while I'm playing poker. Bro, I had like a, um, I had people message me like, yo, where the fuck is mine at? And blah, blah. I'm like, fuck, dude. But uh, as soon as you put on your story, like, oh, friends and family, I'm like, ooh, I think I am your friend. Send me that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, I put you on the list to get all the rest of the products for this year. Hell yeah. Can't talk about what's coming out yet until they get a little closer. But I got a collaboration with the, with the Lakers, uh, the LA Lakers official NBA collaboration, um, doing hats, couples, you know, some, some random merch. I got some stuff with the LA Dodgers. Obviously, I got more baseball cards, but I have more gold item products coming out. Um, I have a huge, enormous Takashi Murakami piece that I'm doing right now, almost done with. It's taken me months and months. And uh, just, you know, doing high-level quality jewelry. Um, and uh, just, just again, just, just you know, I'm just continuing that. But what's happening on the back end is strengthening my, um, you know, my, uh, my financial shit, whether mm-hmm. it be, again... I'm not really necessarily, before I was a little less aggressive with like mutual funds, things like that. I'm getting a little more aggressive with stocks. Mm. And that's where the real money is. Cause like, you know, when I fall asleep, I'm making money and that's what should happen. You know, you, your money should be, your money should work for you. Mm. So when you wake up, you're like, damn, I made some money last night. Right. You know? And that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. Um, all right. It was nice getting to uh, burrow my way into your head again, Ben. Yeah. I'm just glad you didn't ask about black China. <laughs> about you and black China? No, just, I mean... Oh, yeah, because you guys did have a beef at some point, huh? I'm still blocked on her page, all her social media. Right. Whatever, I have nothing to say about it. I don't remember what it was about or whatever. That is cool, though. Yeah, I'm just saying the way that she fucking, like... The way that she walked off the thing, she was just... just, Yeah. Why did she even fucking come? That's what I'm saying. And what I thought was great about it, though, was that Amber Rose saw that. Amber obviously feels how she feels about Black China. Amber just hits me up as soon as she sees it, wants to do an interview, comes through, boom. Thinking about the fact that I saw Amber's DM pisses me off because I can't see my Instagram DM requests anymore. So I have no idea who's DMing me. I'm just totally in the dark. So what did Amber say? She said, let's do an interview. And then we did the interview and she came through and she was really sweet and nice. And it was Amber's like the, really cool. The polar opposite of what Black China was like. Yeah. And I was like, Amber, my hat is off to you because that's, that's, right. that's how you're supposed to do an interview. You, you should go to an interview wanting to present the best version of yourself, the most likable version of yourself. Obviously, you know, you don't got to be fake or whatever, but, you know, don't go to do an interview and act like it's this chore and like it's, you know, because then nobody's going to fuck with you. Let me ask you a question, bro. I know we're about to get out of here. Right. Your top three most grail people in your, in your grail, like the top three people you want to interview on this show. Oh, man. Well, 50 is one I would love to do. Really? Yeah. 
I mean, as long as he'd answer anything you ask him, right? Yeah, I mean, I would just like to have a conversation about, like, the, the entirety of his career. But, like, when I think about something like that, it kind of fucks me up because it's like, Jesus Christ, like, if I were to interview 50 or Drake or one of these, like, grail ones, then, I mean, it might, am I going to just take, like, a week off to just work on this interview? Because when I saw that Rap Radar one with Drake, I mean, I as an interviewer, I was pretty wowed by how fucking well put together that interview was. Yeah. That's, and I would like to think that if I was going to do one with him or with somebody like on that level, but a lot of times with that, is that really what people want from my podcast? I feel people want, okay. So they want a fun combo. That's what I'm saying. So, so who would be like the top three that made the overall sense for you, for the fans, for your audience, for, you know, Joe Rogan, Drake. But I mean, you have to rein yourself in with reality because it's kind of like, do I want it? Am I even going to put Jay Z on this list when I know it's not going to happen? And I don't even necessarily think that it would be the best. Interview? I think both those two could easily happen, though. Joe and, and Joe Rogan and Drake. That's those are. I don't think those are far fetched at all. Yeah, they both, both followed me at a certain points, but it's also like I'm just not the kind of person that's going to ask over and over. I'm just not. I get it. You know, it's I like, get it. I, it's, so we're kind I, of we're, we're, we're low key manifesting it in, into the energy into the earth. Right, like Joe Rogan followed me years ago, and I've I've never asked to be on his show or. I've asked to be on the show one time or just because I wanted to go on there and just say some shit for Asians because I feel like the Asians he had on the show were like general, like, you know. Yeah. Maybe I, I, maybe I should put myself out there more, but it just feels like, you know. Like, would you want to have Suge Knight on your show? <sighs> I mean, yeah, I guess, as a person who's like not, you know, not really like in the streets like that. It's like, I think it would be a good interview. But I've also, <laughs> I heard Vlad put his whole case out there of why he wouldn't interview him. And I found it. You know, I, I think he's right that when you take toxic people and allow them into your life, a lot of times toxic things are going to come from it. It's true. And but the thing is, I've never got more negative in ever. The, the level of negativity I got from having Selena on my podcast, I, I thought it was going to be fun. Right. I thought it was fucking bad, bro. Yeah, and it's like you, but you could have a toxic person in your life for a period of time to do a little piece of content, but you just you can't make them a consistent presence. Like I, I I'd be scared about Suge Knight popping in here and there. Right. Now, granted, he's locked up, and I don't know that he's necessarily on that time, but that would be a little worrisome. No, I get you. But, hey, man, hey, I, I really appreciate you having me on, man. My pleasure. And uh, hopefully we possibly have something coming in the works. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, do we tease it or we don't say anything? Well, this is not saying anything. We're, we're <laughs> going to fuck up. There's a lot of Asians out there who are going to be extremely excited about what we might be bringing yeah. to this world. And also white people as well and other races. I'm hyped. Ben Baller, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, and subscribe. NoJumper.com if you want to support. Get yourself a kendama. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, guys.